Free Talk Live. And, and we're, we're back. back. All right. Very good. <laughs> wow. Uh, and virtually we're back. <laughs> <laughs> it is Free Talk Live. It is the mm, not quite as serious version on Sunday. We try to we try to have slightly more fun, although our topics can be heavy and all that kind of a thing. Uh, we just try to relax a little bit on Sundays, and uh, you know, have a show. Uh, you are listening to Free Talk Live. It is a live call-in radio program. So, if you would like to join us, please dial six zero three two eight three. 6160. Again, 603 283 6160. In the studio tonight, it is myself, <gasps> the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will, LLC. <laughs> and joining me tonight, it's Steve Classic and Mark Edge. <laughs> Welcome, uh, Mark. We're not s- in the studio tonight. Well, no. he, I, well, I don't. He's, y- you are here. Even though you're not here, we've resurrected facsimile, Mark. That's right. And yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, we've, you know, I mean, it's a pretty good picture of you, albeit uh, you have a little more uh, brown hair. Yeah, right. Than, <laughs> than, you, than you do now. Um, but we are happy to have uh, Mark Edge joining us tonight. Of course, uh, listeners who don't know, or who do know, already know, but who don't know, uh, Mark Edge is one of the two founders of this fine radio program. And uh, he's joining us from Parts Unknown. Uh, are you in a bunker, or is it you know? Are you in a silo? Or are you on a boat? I'm in Florida. Oh. <laughs> well, that gives it away. Uh, well, <laughs> so much for our secret. Yep. <laughs> our veil of secrecy yeah. has been has been lifted. Somewhere in Florida. Somewhere. Flor- in Florida. He's, he's Florida man tonight. Oh, you are Florida man. Yeah. Oh, I have to do something else. Uh, Captain's log, star date one two one zero two zero two three. I forgot to do that at the beginning, so I've done yeah. it now. Okay, now I've gotten all the formalities out of the way. Awesome. We can just enjoy uh, the rest of our show. Uh, I see you're wearing a Bitcoin shirt, Steve Classic. Yes, I am. It's very good. It, yeah. It, it seems like it's well worn, too. Uh, yeah, I usually wear it on Sundays. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a religious thing for you? Uh, no, just. <laughs> Mark, uh, you're wearing a shirt our folks at home can't see, but it's, what does it say? Wanted? They can if they go to, isn't it cam.freetalklive.com? Well, I don't, no. uh, yeah, I wasn't able to get uh, the visual of you okay. plugged in in time. Uh, it was actually easier than I thought it was going to be, and then uh, I had one of our producers call me and tell me how easy it was, but we were bumping up against the time to launch the show, so we didn't do the thing. So you are here with us in voice only, but uh, is that a Ross Ulbricht shirt? No, it's an Ernest Hancock shirt. Oh. He's he's on on Mondays here on Free Talk Live. Yes, indeed. Freedom is the answer. What's the question? What's the question? Indeed. All right, uh, we're going to kick things off tonight uh, with a startling story that uh, it's a apparently there is a threat to national security, uh, so much so that uh, Florida Senator Rick Scott, never trust a man with two first names, unless it's Ron Paul, says that uh, <laughs> that that it is a threat to national security. What is this looming threat, you might ask? Wow. This from businessinsider.com. <laughs> Chinese garlic is a threat to U.S. national security and a severe public health concern, Senator says. <laughs> it totally is. Chinese garlic. 
Chinese garlic, not just any garlic, but Chinese garlic. Not like Indian garlic, not We're going to have to rename it. You know that, right? (laughs) Rename what? Garlic? Chinese garlic. It's going to have to get renamed because it's It's racist to have bad garlic be called Chinese. (laughs) Remember when they were calling uh, COVID the Wuhan flu? Yeah. Oh, was that they didn't? They stopped calling it the that because it's racist, virus, yeah. right? Call, calling it by the city with which it uh, originated from is racist. Well, that's because a virus a hundred years ago originated in in Kansas, and they called it Spanish flu. And so there you go. <laughs> that's the blame deflection. Um. So what possibly could be the, the big threat that that garlic grown in Japan could? No, oh, China. Or, I'm sorry, China. See, there, I'm being racist again. There, there um, it, maybe you you uh, exude too much of the smell if you eat it. I don't know. <laughs> too much smell? Well, let's find out because uh, I don't like this guy already because he has two first names. Rick Scott, a Florida senator. Uh, Florida Senator Rick Scott has called for an investigation. He's the governor. Is he the he governor? He the governor. Oh, okay. All right. He's called for an investigation into garlic imported from China saying that production methods mean the food could pose a national security risk. Oh, no. Gosh. Uh, There is a severe public health concern over the quality and safety of garlic grown in foreign countries, most notably garlic grown in communist China. Hmm. Is there a non-communist China? Yes. There there is? is? Where is it? Hong Kong? Oh, Taiwan. Taiwan, yes. So I wonder if that means Taiwan garlic is okay. I think so. I'm sure it is. All right. Uh, The senator uh, said uh, Wednesday, apparently, in a letter to the Department of Commerce, Scott urged the department to open an investigation into the security risk posed by all forms of Chinese imported garlic. Quote, whole or separated into constituent cloves, whether or not peeled, chilled, fresh, frozen, provisionally preserved, or packed in water or other neutral substance... Scott wrote, citing cooking blogs, home magazines, YouTube videos, and documentaries, he claimed that it was well documented that garlic from China was fertilized with human feces and was grown in sewage. What? Is this our number two story? No, no, no. It's not. I mean, not officially, anyway. This is our number one story. (laughs) It ties into number two. We'll get to the number two story. We actually have a, a number two story quandary. That we'll have to figure out how to solve. but uh, I think this one takes it. <laughs> you haven't heard the other options. Or <laughs> <laughs> smelled them, as yeah. it were. <laughs> we have a backlog of number two stories. <laughs> yeah, we might, we might need some fiber to work yeah. it out. Uh, he also said that garlic was sometimes bleached to make it appear whiter and more appealing to U.S. consumers. Who's the racist one now? <laughs> Gotta bleach it. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's grown in number two, you probably have to you know, make it a little... <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. Scott also noted concerns over the import's effects on domestic industries, saying that it could lead to unemployment, <laughs> decreased public revenue, and loss of investment. Well, decrease in public revenue. I mean, that's probably his number one concern, being a politician. Well, I think his number one concern is getting reelected the next go around. And right now, hating on China is a real Republican thing to do, just like Rick Scott. Is that really how you get elected? You got to hate on somebody? Well, that's it. I mean, it seems a horrible tactic, but 
you know, I, mean, I guess whatever. He's he's the type in a world where cheap garlic is grown <laughs> in human feces in China. Rick Scott stands above the rest to protect you from Chinese garlic poo. He's got my vote. I I I, I can't even draw a connection between Chinese garlic and U.S. unemployment or decreased public revenue in the U.S. or loss of investment in the U.S. I don't Well, I, I wonder see... if he, I wonder if there's a, a, the garlic lobby might be throwing him a lot of money. Is there a garlic lobby? There, I mean, if he's talking like that, there probably is a garlic Can lobby. Can you imagine the garlic lobby convention, <laughs> right? A bunch of like, you know, Tic Tacs and Mentos yeah. and, you know. Right. Sticks of gum. Yeah. Hopefully they don't serve asparagus at that. And ben, what, what's the bre- binaca, the breath spray? Bianca? B- binaca? 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 Yeah. That, uh, that I think it's candy. binaca, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chinese binaca. All right. Well, let's continue. A 2017 report from the McGill University Office for Science and Society said that there was no hard evidence showing that sewage was used as fertilizer in China. In any case, there is no problem with this. Human waste is as effective a fertilizer as is animal waste, the report says. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, I know people who have these, uh, uh, or I know of people that have these composting toilets. Yes. Right? Yeah. You know, like off-grid type people. Right, you put or, sawdust in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they take the, you know, the refuse, if you will. And compost. actually put it in the compost pile along with all their other their food compost. And, right. And then, you know, after it does its thing, they spread that on the garden next year or whatever. Right. So, like, using human waste to fertilize a garden is, I mean, it's common. Well, it also depends on what the humans are eating. If they're eating Cheetos and Doritos and GMO, you probably wouldn't want that as fertilizer. I think. Yeah, I they can't afford those things in uh, rural China where they grow garlic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe all they eat is garlic. <laughs> uh, somebody else, I don't know who they're quoting here, but it says the skin on the garlic bulbs is effective at preventing penetration into the bulb. So they're talking about, you know, if something safe. gets on, you yeah. know, the garlic, right. whatever. Keeping you and, safe. And you should be washing your vegetation before you <laughs> do anything with it. Right. Yes, dear, dear everyone, please wash your vegetation before you consume. Uh, some of it will say, please wash. Some of it won't, depending right. on, you know, where you get it from or whatever. Yeah. But just like, I don't know, my grandmother was like, I don't care where you got it from. Wash it before you right. cook it. Wash right. it before yeah. you use it, right. you know. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Like, what's it going to hurt, right? You know, oh, I've got broccoli here. You right. know, No, no, don't wash it off. Like, why? Well, you might have a bird poop on it. Or bug residue or something. You will eat the bugs. You will eat the bugs, yeah. Uh, This year, researchers from Swiss agricultural research firm Agriscope also found that fertilizers made from human feces were as safe and effective as traditional ones after carrying out tests on cabbages, the new scientist reported. (laughs) Smells like cabbage. Cabbage. (laughs) Isn't that Bostonian for garbage? Hey, I got to take out the cabbage. In my khakis. I can't find my khakis. Thursday night's cabbage night. Can't find my khakis. Your pants? No, the khakis. Mark's like, why did I agree to join uh, this Sunday show? It's funny. <laughs> the products derived from recycling human urine and feces are viable and safe nitrogen fertilizers for cabbage cultivation, Agriscope's Franziska Hoffner said, per the report. They gave similar yields as conventional fertilizer product and did not show any risk regarding transmission of pathogens or pharmaceuticals. 
So there you have it. Hmm. I'm comfortable already. Apparently, yeah, I mean, something must be done, obviously, about, you know, this, this national threat. That Chinese garlic. Is I mean, presenting. there's there's no other problems in Florida except for this that this guy Rick Scott is all up in arms about. Oh no, he's got uh, red tide to deal with. He doesn't want to deal with that at all. Oh. Um, there is runoff from in Florida from fertilizer, pesticides, these kind of things, which is creating these algae blooms, which kill fish in the millions around. Florida, and they haven't been able to do anything about it since I was a kid. It's only getting worse and worse over time. But yeah, he's worried about Chinese gar- garlic. Yeah. Are these fish then that die from this, um, you know, also, shall we say, tainted, poisonous, whatever? Yeah, you can't do anything with them as I understand it. Because I was just thinking, well, if something is killing millions of fish, that should mean fishermen are doing pretty good with all these free fish. But <laughs> just scoop them up. Yeah, I uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they have to float first, and that means that something bad's going. I, I'm, I'm not an expert on uh, salvaging dead fish, but you can probably throw them uh, in the compost pile. <laughs> right, that's probably a good idea. That's what he. That's probably what he wants to do. Like we have all these uh, dead fish. What we're going to do? We're going to use that for compost instead of getting the china. And and all garlic. of a sudden, uh, <laughs> garlic uh, surpasses oranges as Florida's cash crop. <laughs> right. Made with composted fish yeah. from the runoff. Ugh. I will say that there is, you know, there's. China had this big problem with baby food probably 15 years ago, where some Chinese businessmen decided it was a good idea to cut baby food with something that contained lead. Oh, um, wow. if, if I have the story, if I recall the story correctly, and I don't have it sitting here in front of me, okay. and you'd have to look it up, but they executed this dude. Whoa. So. I think it was like five or six kids in China died and many got ill. And, you know, he's he, there's video of him in the courtroom just sort of begging for his life, essentially. And they execute him. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Terrible. Well, story. he'd probably be in the U.S. He'd probably be made the head of the FDA. <laughs> instead of. Uh, so I just plugged in uh, added lead to baby food. Uh, the first thing that comes up is. Heavy metals in baby food, and I'm thinking I need to, I need to do like a you know a, a white label a what yeah like heavy metal baby food. Do you want your child to rock out and shred? Right. You know, is your child already moshing at, at the age you know right. before they learn to walk? Give your kids <laughs> Captain uh, Captain Kickass Garlic Baby Food. <laughs> it it occurs to me that I may be the youngest host tonight. Right, I think Mark, you got a at least I a year. A year on me. Yeah, yep. I'm Steve's, as old as the Super Bowl. Steve's got a couple years. Yep. So uh, you brought up baby food, and I've had this idea for I don't know a week or so now. Um, everybody knows baby food, right? It's basically pureed, whatever, right? You know, pears. You, you get a bunch of different flavors. You get like the the pear flavor, the peach yeah. flavor, right. whatever that kind of a thing. And the reason they do this is because well, babies, you know, they don't have teeth and. Uh, so the food has to be pureed or whatever so they can eat it easily. Everybody kind of knows this kind of stuff. How come there isn't, or what do you think about the idea of doing a white label rebranding of baby food, maybe like bigger jars, but make it for like, um, I don't know what to call them, um, the elderly, <laughs> right? Because, I mean, they say that you start out, you know, bald with no teeth and in diapers, right? And And you end up bald with no teeth and diapers, right? So, like, shouldn't there also be, like, an elderly food? Uh, What would you call that? What's a good name for that? Applesauce. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like easy open lid. But we're too. talking marketing here, right? We're talking sure. like what what do you brand it? What do you call it? I think that you can get a higher price per ounce of baby food by claiming your baby food is good and everything in some way, you know, natural and and whatever. Mm-hmm. And therefore you can make enough money to put it in little jars and sell it to people. Whereas, and maybe the small quantity that you feed babies might be another reason that uh, one doesn't just throw it in a Vitamix and get whatever they get out of it. But mm. I kind of do this every morning. So almost every morning I will grab some frozen and fresh fruit and toss them in, make a smoothie for myself. Now, this includes fruit and vegetables. Um, so I'll have spinach and broccoli and all kinds of things in there because the apple and the berries and these kind of thing overpower it anyway. Okay. So, Mark, do you use I, wild blueberries? I, no, I get the Wyman's the, uh, that Wyman? they sell in the grocery store. Yeah, the wild blueberries. Grocery. Right? Oh, is that what they're the, Yeah, they're wild well, blueberries. Pick them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're Wyman's wild blueberries. That, that's what I have every morning. Yeah, Angie makes me a great smoothie every morning. They're they're flash frozen, so they're, they're as fresh as anything. Right. Yeah. And that's true with all the vegetables. They're probably fresher than they are in the produce department. Right, because they pick them at freshness, flash freeze them, instead of yep. picking them early and sitting on a truck with What's carbon dioxide. What's the difference dioxide? between freezing and flash freezing? Does somebody go out with a trench coat and open it <laughs> real quick, and then they throw them in the freezer? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> they're scared. They're frozen. <laughs> the... So one one of the things you might ask is why does tomato sauce that comes in a bottle taste better than sauce that you might make with tomatoes that you bought at the store? And here's the reason. Because the tomatoes you bought at the store weren't ripe and they were uh, ripened through like sort of gas and these kind of things. And they just never reached the peak flavor, whereas tomatoes that ripened on the vine are delicious and that's what you make uh, pasta sauce with they go right into the they, they go right into the sauce ingredients when right. they're when they're peak the one time that we had an over, uh, overabundance of tomatoes when we were growing there in new hampshire mm-hmm. and my wife decided to make pasta sauce now i thought this was a waste because i was loving the tomatoes i was just loving mm-hmm. them and then i had the pasta sauce it was delicious wasn't it and I had no idea what I had been missing up until that moment in time. And I'm like, I will never eat pasta sauce other than this again. And, and was and it the uh, uh, the traditional method? So, for example, I keep referring to my grandmother, but she was one of these types of people. She was a prepper. She was a canner, a jar, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Canning. Like back in the day, they came out of the Depression, right? So, like, they were frugal. Right. Like money to them was extra. They grew everything. They hunted every year. They fished every year. Right. They a majority of their food production was done in the house and like everything from stuff scratch. that they couldn't grow. They had to buy. So, yeah, that that, that was or, the, that was where they spent the money. Right. Yeah. So if they needed like some goat cheese or something, they didn't have goats. Right. They right. didn't have, you know. But my point is, is that she would make tomato sauce. And basically, here's what it was. She would take a, a large pot. And put a bunch of tomatoes in it after taking out the stems and leaves and yeah. all that stuff. Maybe cut them up or whatever. Washing it, hopefully. Uh, washing it before. Not grown in humans. Have you washed? Uh, uh, she would put uh, uh, like a half an onion in there. Garlic? It, no, just just onion. Oh. Just onion. And like a bunch of tomatoes. Put that thing on low all damn day. Right? Stir it occasionally, whatever. Simmer it. And, and, and what would happen is it would just turn to sauce. Right. Over, over the course of a day, right? It's kind of like... Uh, 
Like a soup. Uh, well, like folks like, who who do smoked meats, right? Oh, you know, you gotta yeah. you gotta get your smoker. You gotta get it up to like around two hundred degrees or so. You know, you gotta prep the 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 meat, whatever it is you're doing, the roast slow or whatever low. it is, and low and slow. You let that thing all day, five, six, eight hours isn't uncommon uh, for you to do. You know, a smoked brisket or something like that, uh, uh, depending brisket. on the size of it and that kind of thing. So the same kind of goes for tomato sauce, at least the way I saw it. So, Mark, how did uh, how did your wife uh, make this sauce? I don't I, like. I I just thought it was a silly waste of tomatoes until the moment I tasted it. So I didn't pay attention. <laughs> and also, she managed the garden far more than I did. Okay, I just didn't pay attention. I was busy selling ads for Free Talk Live. <laughs> Well, and we're glad you did. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't be here right now today. All right. Um, or, or fresh tomatoes make, making salsa in the summertime. Ugh, we didn't wow. do that. No, yeah. That's really good. I make a, a good uh, idea, though. I make something that I like to call uh, not salsa. Not it's, salsa. It's, I, I actually, no, not, it's not not it's salsa. Not, not. It's not guacamole. So I make guacamole, but I just don't put any, you know, like oh. traditional. So it's avocado, Mashed onion. Avocados. It's it's avocado, onion, and diced tomato. Okay, so right. you could maybe, you maybe could, some garlic. In so you could probably jar that and sell that to older people. Well, I use it as a dip, <laughs> right? Instead of the baby food. So. But Mark, I see your point of of baby food. You sell it in these like three ounce or four ounce jars, and you know it's it's the packaging that costs a lot of money for that. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't looked at per ounce what baby food tends to cost, but I suspect they're getting a little bit more than what they would get for pureed yeah. butternut squash. Right, and um, that's what you know makes it all worth worth it. I mm-hmm. doubt you know old people are looking to pinch pennies because they're on a budget, so I suspect right. they'll be buying their uh, right their, but, their stuff and pureeing it. Just a guess. But but if they're in a um... Mm, what do we call them? A, Retirement a, community, a, a care facility. Yes. Yeah. Well, then they wanted in five. Uh, then they wanted in those five gallon, uh, gallon cans. Those right. cans. Yeah, in five gallon buckets. Yeah, yeah. they're even better. By, by so the couldn't couldn't or do you think there's a market to rebrand what is commonly sold as baby food into something that would be commonly sold as elder food? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Mark, Mark shooting that down the marketing that. idea. 603-283-6160. Uh, would you eat elder food? Have you fertilized your garlic with fish? <laughs> Is Chinese garlic a threat to national security in your opinion? Give us a call. Let us know. More Free Talk Live is coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Tired of the ever-inflating U.S. dollar? You can live your life on Dash instead with some handy websites. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Plus, many of their gift cards are available at a discount. But what about paying your bills? Spritz.finance can do that, and they can send dollars to your bank account in case you still need those for some reason. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol, and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. 
Yeah. That, that laugh that the guy makes in the <laughs> in the bumper music. Yeah. Go, ha ha. <laughs> it, it sounds very sarcastic. We gotta get, we, 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 we gotta see if we can find the, the the mix of that and see if we can extract the vocals. Oh, it's a uh, um, Rebel Inc. Yeah, Rebel Inc. Have them send us the I vocal track. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't yeah, know about that. Yeah. I don't even know if those guys are a band anymore, really. Ian's it. got the email addresses. You can get all that stuff. Cool. Okay. Sweet. Uh, yeah, it they, is. They, they appreciate us advertising them. <laughs> <laughs> it is Free Talk Live, in case those listeners who don't know what they're tuned into are wondering. Uh, we are a live call-in radio program where you can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. We've been talking about uh, the apparent national threat national security national threat. security risk of chinese garlic we've talked about uh, fish as fertilizer uh, human feces as fertilizer we've talked about elderly food which is just repackaged <laughs> baby food for which, the elderly which could be fertilizer um and uh before we go on i do want to tell everybody that this hour of free talk live is brought to you by dash digital cash dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending if you're tired of the ever-inflating U.S. dollar like I am, you can live your life on Dash instead with some handy websites. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands, including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. With significant discounts, by the way. They do offer some discounts. Yes. Some of them are more significant than others. Well, I mean, I saw one was 10%. Yeah, yeah. Gift some card, them, 10%. Some of them are pretty good. Plus, many of the gift cards are, as we said, available at a discount. What about paying your bills? Well, Spritz.Finance can do that, and they can send dollars to your bank account, too, in case you still need those for some reason. FRN. <laughs> Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol, and it's also in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get, easy to use. You can start by learning more at Dash.org. And big thanks to the Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. That's Dash.org. That's like a Dash a day. It's a little more than a Dash a day. <laughs> daily get, Dash. Da, da, that daily. sounds like a game show. It's time for the Daily Dash. The daily Dash. Uh, let's go to, I believe this is Tim in Florida calling. Tim, you're on Free Talk Florida Live. Man. I think it is. Uh, Mark, you're looking dapper there in your chair. <laughs> he's, he's, he's referring to facsimile, Mark. Oh, I see. I was going to say, I thought, he, I thought nobody could see me. I am in a chair. It's amazing that you would guess that, Tim. <laughs> I, just, uh, I just made guacamole with avocados just like a few minutes ago. Oh, avocados should we say it? Then... Should we say it? Holy yeah. guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, avocados, Roman tomatoes, yellow onion, lime, uh, Something else, cilantro, no, garlic. Cilantro. Not that Chinese garlic. I I hope not. It when you're is. in Florida, Rick Scott's very concerned about that Chinese garlic. Did you say you're in Florida? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got I got a question for each of you. Go ahead. Uh, starting with Mark. Okay. Um, what happened to the Mark and Ed show? I was I was really digging that. The Mark and Ed show. <laughs> That's where Mark interviews himself. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. Edge and Reigns. Edge and Reigns. Yep. The the Reigns and Ed show. I was going to actually do a live mention about that tonight. So thank you for the setup, Tim. Plug. Is all you have to do is go to Twitter. And that's for the, the now X.com, the former Twitter.com, and look for 
grains and edge and you will see uh, that we're, what we're producing. Also, we're giving out the um, the ripped audio. We're going to be putting that at the end of Free Talk Live's podcast. Cool. So you won't be hearing it on the radio right now, but you will be hearing it on Free Talk Live's podcast and you can find it on YouTube through uh, following our Twitter account, Rains and Edge. And for I those... think that it's a good enough show. I think it's a spectacular enough show, actually, that, that it should be on one of the nights on the Free Talk Live Network, just my opinion. I'm not too crazy about the Liberty Liberty at Night show. Um, now, the one that replaced you, it's it's pretty good, uh, Liberty Conspiracy. I like that a lot. Yeah, Gardner's excellent. Yeah, I, I recommended him. He's really knocking it out of the park, too. And every time I talk to him, that dude, he uses the phrase good vibes a lot. Uh, but that dude is just one of the most joyous people to talk to. He always seems like he's upbeat and in a good mood and, you know, just sort of ready to take on whatever's in front of him. Good vibes. Yeah. Well, thank you for the critique. And we do always appreciate any feedback that we get as far as the show goes. At this moment in time, I have just not had uh, the life skills to be, produce a sh show every week. So that's really the issue. All right. All right. And, uh, yeah, you, you had questions for the rest of us? Go ahead. Yeah, well, actually, uh, Steve, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, you were on the show with Nikki and someone else, and I was just curious. Uh, someone, it was you or Nikki. It's probably the call screener. Either. Was the call screener on the show, too? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but, oh, okay. uh, but, but someone referred to Nashua as the garbage can of Massachusetts, and I thought that was hilarious. Boston's trash can. It was Boston's trash can. <laughs> yeah, what's that all about? Oh, I think it's just like the, the refugees out of Boston just moved to that area, and it's just, you know, I don't know. I got you. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a thing. I don't know. I didn't well, nickname it People that. are always saying that New Hampshire is getting ruined by the, uh, as they're referred to, the mass holes that move across the border. Don't mass up and New Hampshire. To mass up New Hampshire. But the best I could tell living there for 15 years is it was just Republicans that were sick and tired of their vote, not mattering anything in Massachusetts. So they'd come up to New Hampshire where they felt like they could be heard. Yeah. I just saw it on, I just life. saw it on a map of New Hampshire. You know, it says hillbillies, you know, are, are on the West coast. And then there's the fishermen that are in Portsmouth. Mm -hmm. And then there's Boston's trash can. Then there's this little sliver of yellow that you can't afford to live there. Uh -huh. And then Winnipesaukee <laughs> area, it says, uh, vacation homes. Yep. So that was basically well, how you break down the counties of New Hampshire. Winnipesaukee, isn't that where Aerosmith's uh, Steve Perry, uh, Steve Tyler? I, I pardon me, Steve. Captain. Perry? I shouldn't be. I don't <laughs> know their names. Steve. Uh, Steve. <laughs> yeah. it's too many Steves in the world, anyway. <laughs> the lead singer of Aerosmith um, apparently lived on Winnipesaukee, uh -huh. but I, I saw another map where they referred to the Keene area as pumpkins and anarchists. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Accurate. 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 All right, uh, Tim. Uh, did you have another question? Do you have a question for the call screener? Yeah, uh, Captain, have you have you heard the song "Save Your Machine" by David Bowie? And are are you familiar with the lyrics? I have heard the song, but no, I'm not familiar with the lyrics. It's it's basically a song about an AI computer and a president named President Joe, and he had a dream, and it goes, President Joe once had a dream. The world held his hand, gave them their pledge, so he told them his scheme for a savior machine. They called it the prayer. The answer was law. Its logic stopped war, gave them food, how they adored till it cried in its boredom. Please don't believe in me. Please disagree with me. Life is too easy. A plague seems quite feasible now, or maybe a war. 
or I may kill you all. And it, it goes on like that, and it's pretty cool. You should check it out. <laughs> wow, that's almost uh, Nostradamus-level stuff. Uh, hey, Tim, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you. Uh, 603-283-6160. Uh, let's see, what are we at here? Uh, There's two other counties in, in New Hampshire. There's the Antique County between the unused vacation homes and Boston's trash can. And then there's also the Pappas Dartmouth people area. Ooh. Area that's yeah. Uh, oh, you've got the map right I've got there. Got the map. Yeah, very yeah, nice. Yeah. And uh, the rest is just hillbillies. Uh, well, <laughs> it's not entirely inaccurate, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, that's what we call they. They live in the mountainous areas, <laughs> and you know, that's what we call the country folks here. Is we call them hillbillies. Yeah, they're the New Hampshire version of uh, rednecks, I guess. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, if you will. Uh, you know, I'm not using that term to be derogatory, just as a description or yeah. an analogy. Um, so let's uh, move on to this unscreened caller. What's your name, please? Derek. Hey, Derek. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? All right. Yeah. Um, thanks uh, for taking my call. Love you guys. Been listen, uh, listening to you for probably 10 years or more. Nice. Uh, uh Anyway, um, of course, uh, like my heart uh, goes out to uh, Bonnie and Ian and all of the uh, Crypto Six. You know, um, I am a Christian anarchist, and um, they are in my prayers every day. Awesome. But um, uh, I found it. Uh, you know, very interesting that uh, on an uh, episode, I I listen online, um, and Bonnie was saying that uh, that uh, Ian was reading a a book called uh, "The God of War" by uh, Joseph Taylor Judson. Okay, um, you know during his uh, confinement and um, I actually published the audiobook version of that book really wow were you were you the, did you read it did you do the reading of it uh, no I was not the uh, narrator oh, okay. but, uh, I was the uh, kind of the the middleman the publisher the, yeah publisher right but um, I I just thought that was really great that uh, Ian was uh, reading that book in prison, or maybe it was jail. Uh, yeah, he hasn't been moved to a federal facility yet. He's still being held in, uh, we refer to it as Merrimack County Retreat. Yeah, it's so awful. I mean, but um, I wish I could... Uh, deliver an audiobook copy uh to him but he probably yeah they don't can't. well i don't know i don't know that you can deliver one to him uh, this surprised me um apparently they make um some sort of uh i don't know what to call it other than a retarded version of a tablet uh, available right. to the no. inmates and he is able to listen to some podcasts and some audiobooks they they do have a library of course uh in in the jail i don't know like this is pertaining to only where he's at right now obviously a, a federal a facility will have different things 
or none of the things. But currently, uh, he is able to enjoy uh, use of a tablet-like device, albeit, you know, locked down. He can't get on the Internet. You know, it's the only approved podcasts make it through, uh, that kind of thing. So, obviously, no free talk live. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't want to listen to that. No free talk live. Honestly, um, I mean, I did do a uh, short time in jail in prison. Okay. And uh, I know all about that. (laughs) And it sucks, uh, of course. But, um, uh, you know, I just, uh, I thought, uh, Mm -hmm. hey, it's great. He was reading that book that I published as an audio book. And, you know, I just wanted to uh, offer a free copy of the audiobook to uh, any amplifier or, you yeah, know, well, really. Where, where can people find the audio version of that? Uh, on Audible, okay. Amazon, or iTunes. It's, uh, according to my information here, it's The Gods of War by John Toland. Correct. You know, um, it's possible that I'll be able to get a link to Ian. I have the ability to send him messages on that little tablet that uh, Captain was mentioning. And if you send me whatever message you want to send me through email at marketfreetalklive.com, I will. Okay, mark at marketfreetalklive.com. Yep. It's Mark with a K. It doesn't matter. I get both. Oh, really? You're yep. smart to catch all. Mm-hmm. All, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right well hey derek thank you so much for the call and be sure to send that over to mark and we'll do uh what we need to do to get that over to him if we can we appreciate you uh let's see what else we got my here. little joke captain when yes. i uh, used to talk to advertisers on the uh, phone they'd ask you know is it mark with a c mark with a k um and of course you know it's all i had to do was uh, talk to Ian and I'd be able to get whatever joke I wanted to, to get work. <laughs> so I said, it's Mark with a C, Mark with a K or a hole. Any of those. Uh, will work. What about M-A-R-Q? <laughs> right, Marquise. <laughs> no U in that, just a Q. <laughs> just a Q. Or uh, how about M-A-H-R-Q? Mark. Mark. I'm sure that somebody has that it's spelling. All very, it's all very breathy. Yeah, someone's got that spelling. Uh, let's see. We've got, uh, I believe this is Rob in Vermont calling. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I just wanted to remind Mark that Stephen Tyler doesn't have a place over in Lake Winnipesaukee. It's over on, uh, Sunapee Lake. Oh. So, I'm sorry. You're, you're absolutely right. So we've answered two questions. Yeah. It's, it's Stephen Tyler, mm-hmm. not Steve Perry. And it's not Winnipesaukee. <laughs> it's what, what was the lake? Lake Sunapee. Lake Sunapee. Yeah, I believe that's where they have the, it's called the Boneyard. That's where they, you know, get together and they write music and stuff like that. Pretty fascinating. I know a guy that's a carpenter that goes over there and does work for him. Very nice. Very nice. Cool. Rock and roll. I'm the rock and roll nut guy, so if you have any questions about 70s and 80s rock and roll, (laughs) Captain, I'm the guy to ask. Hey, uh, Rob, you mentioned uh, you're you're one of these people that has a, a birthday in December. Uh, it, it, did it happen already, or is it coming up? No, 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 not in December. It'll be in uh, January. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. I, I was going to wish you a happy birthday, but I'll hold off because yeah, it's three weeks. It's not close. Off. All right. All right. Well, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say tonight with uh, Mark here? 
I'm really glad to hear that Mark's, uh, you know, doing the show, and, and it's like a breath of fresh air, brother. I really appreciate it, and I've been listening to Free Talk Live, well, even before Sam Dotson was was around uh, during that time. That's quite a while, quite a while, yeah. ways back. Probably 20, wow. 2010, 20, 2009, thereabouts. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And uh, uh, I'm really hoping that this show is going to continue on. And I've always believed when they said, we're Free Talk Live, and we're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe that. All yep. right. Hey, Rob, thank you for the call, man. We appreciate you. Uh, Mark, is Free well, Talk Live going anywhere? Not to, not, <laughs> to the it's, moon. It's, it's you can say more about that than I can. You're the one there making <laughs> yeah, it happen. And uh, I do want to thank you for having me on tonight. So thank oh, you. No, I, you <laughs> know, it, it's been a while and it occurred to me like people had been asking like, oh, blah, 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 Mark. And, you know, and I was like, oh, we need to get him on. And then it just so happened that Nikki was taking a day off and, yeah. you know, you had the time available. So and, here we are. And, and, and few, I'm, I'm glad to have you. A few months ago, I think, Mark, you were in town and Captain yep. called me and says, uh, now, Mark is filling in for you tonight. I'm like, whoa, I'm honored. Like, please, give me the day off. Yeah, Mark uh, Mark gets people bumped when, when, oh. he, when he physically shows right, up. Right, like first class. It's part you're, of his... Yeah. Uh, right. You're bumped. Yeah, it's part of his... Uh, what, what are you, Mark? Your your kingdom? Your intergalactic... Whatever that was? Uh, uh, yeah, intergalactic space wizard. Yes, it's, it's, it's part of the privilege. It's yeah. part of your royalty privilege. <laughs> I'm the number two story. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, no, you're not. Uh, but I'm just, know, I'm just fertilizer for garlic. That's all. Like if something <laughs> happened and you know Ian got released, like somebody would get bumped for him to be on the air. You know, oh, what I mean? absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. It's just how it goes, right? Yeah. If you're the founder of the program, you know, you, you get right. privileges. Right? It's like having your name at the bar, right? On this, like uh, at a bar. If some bars have this, that where you yep. are there enough, you get a placard. At the bar where the stool is. Oh, the is. norm plaque, yeah. Right. And then if, if someone is in your seat and the bartender, there's nowhere to sit, the bartender will see you and say the person who's in your seat oh, man. has to move. I, I got to f- find a bar. That. I got to find a bar that has that so I can get one that says Captain Kickass. The Moose don't have that? <laughs> uh, no. Well, maybe you should uh, petition At least them. not the, well. I don't know. That, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I will try to make that happen. Um, you did mention our number two story. And we have a wide variety of selections to choose from. I, I don't want to go through them all. A call-in poll? I think, well, and it's kind, of hard, it's kind of hard to, like, I don't want to give away what these stories might be. So I'm going to make an executive decision and go with the one that's uh, both myself and another co-host put in the show prep. Okay. Uh, and this is from Zero Hedge. French farmers dump manure on government buildings <laughs> to protest climate hysteria. Uh, of course that's going to win. <laughs> French farmers. It's not <laughs> like what's the difference between all other farmers right. and French farmers right. other than they're located right. in, in France. France well, I'll tell you the reason is because all the other farmers are too chicken to pump manure into their <laughs> politicians offices. <laughs> and, you know, those French people, they're on the regular doing crap like this. Yeah. I don't know how much more you'd have to dump off. To the poli- I'd like I to mean- mention I just got crap and regular into that sentence. <laughs> Wow, you got smoother moves than X-Lax. Uh, <laughs> ooh. No, the conversation uh, is getting quite fibrous. Yeah. 
Uh, so, right. so they're jumping off more manure at the city hall uh, than is well, already there. Okay, yes. Um, and this, like, there is a bit of writing here, but I'm, I'm just going to... It seems to be a bunch of tweets. So French farmers are dumping vast quantities of manure on government buildings to protest against excessive environmental regulations that threaten their way of life. The farmers are protesting... Uh, against this, uh, as well as an EU ban on glyphosate. So glyphosate. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, banning that, things, right? Like. Well. Banning is that poison. Monsanto? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's the thing that kills well people. everything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it kills people. I know this for a fact because, well, I I've been having to deal with it. Uh, whoever owned my property before had this nice little area of tiger lilies. Now, if you yeah. know anything about tiger lilies, you, you know get rid of them. that they are infamously tough to get rid of. Even the deer can't get rid of them. So, <laughs> you know, I had some, like, landscaping-type people out to, like, dig up all the bulbs and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, we tilled, and then we laid down some landscape paper, and then yeah. we put Rocks. some gravel on top of that. Yeah. But, like, in the areas that weren't covered by this new landscaping, uh, there are still somehow uh, some of these tiger lilies that, that are popping up. And this is just at the end of this year. And so I'm looking online for like, okay, how do I, you know, and it's like, oh, you do this, you do that, do the other thing. And then like the overwhelming like response is Roundup. Glyphosate. <laughs> Got to use something with glyphosate in it. Wow. Right. And I'm like, really? All right, fine. So I bought some and I sprayed it in the questionable uh, areas. I forgive you. But like. Also, I'm a 51-year-old male, and, you know, there's, like, no children on my property. So, like, I'm not too concerned about it. Like, a little bit getting into the grass, eh, you know, probably mm. negligible. Yeah. Um, but if everyone does it. Well, yeah. that's true. Uh, French farmers throw manure on government buildings to protest high taxes in agricultural sectors. It says, that this tweet claims, <laughs> this is an effective protest. <laughs> this is an effective <laughs> protest. They show... Well, Here's the one thing I'll say um, is is that uh, although I have a problem with, uh, you know, Monsanto and and their herbicides and their pesticides and Mm -hmm. all these things, the folks in China that are growing garlic don't care at all. And that whatever they're growing, whatever uh, produce is being grown in whatever country it's being grown in, basically all these regulations do is make it so that industrialized nations, farmers, can't compete against these uh, nations, you know, these nations that don't have these rules and Monsanto does whatever it wants. That's the difficulty uh, with this. Um, You know, again, I choose Uh, Well, I don't do the grocery shopping, but um, (laughs) oftentimes I will pick uh, organic over, um, you know, the normal stuff just because that's what I choose to do. Because I think that those pesticides and those herbicides are aggression against your neighbor because you can't keep them on your property. So if you're you've got a, you know, a farm that's sitting on the Mississippi River, that stuff's going to flow off and it's going to get down in the Mississippi River. It's going to flow down, and then it's going to create a giant dead zone at the Mississippi Delta, which it's already there and growing. Right. right. And and I think if you're supporting buying glyphosate, you're supporting the the, the industrial government complex, you know, the, the, the big, big farm. Uh, I don't know. 603-283-6160. 
Are you a farmer, and would you consider spraying manure on government buildings uh, to protest, well, whatever it is you think is wrong with government? Give us a call. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all our lives. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. sound like he's back i can see mark i don't know how i got oh there there you are (laughs) all right well now you're back is it plugged in i'm back all right (laughs) and he's back and i'm back (laughs) well it's nice to see you're back mark thank you speaking of marks you can learn more about awesome things happening in new hampshire uh in the march towards liberty in our lifetime via our friends at porcupine real estate who are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms that are enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. You can reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple of best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. You can visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Thank you again to uh, Mark Warden, speaking of Mark's, over there at Porcupine Real Estate. They're doing a bang-up job. Yeah, Steve Nass had a great one on food freedom Nice that I saw. And that's a a good series to to tune into. They're quick, you know, like half an hour. Real kind of, you know, not a four-hour seminar. It's just quick hits. Good ideas. Nice. Uh, it is Free Talk Live. If you would like to join us in the studio tonight, you can call 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Steve Classic. And Mark Edge. Uh, we're happy to have Mark Well, here. no, he's Here's... not in the studio. Well, well, he is kind of in the studio. He's vicariously he is, he's in the right studio. here, right, right. Yeah. His voice is in the studio. His voice is in the studio. Damn it! <laughs> and facsimile. We've, and we've got facsimile Mark queued up here in in seat number well three. Mark, uh, I've been meaning to ask you this because it's been a point of uh, consternation in my brain. Uh, every time I have ever done a show in the studio with you, you always sit in what I call seat number two. <laughs> That's what I call it too. Okay. All right. Now, uh, whenever the number two seat. The the number, number, I'm in the, the number, number two, two seat, and yeah. we are in the midst of our number two story, <laughs> yeah, so that's why this it all is ties together. Um, have you ever sat in the number three chair to do a show? Sure, you have. Yep. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Now and then, uh, for instance, if uh, you know I needed to come into the studio late or something, somebody would be uh, sitting in uh, that seat. And I'm not going to tell one of the co-hosts that's come in and given us their evening to chat with us. Hey, you got to get out. That's my chair. You know, right, I'm not Sheldon from right the big here. Man. It says Mark Edge right there. <laughs> placard. You're you're out. Get out. <laughs> um, that leads me to another question I have for you, Mr. Mark Edge. Um, recently. I think yesterday on Free Talk Live, I made the claim that I am, as far as, you know, voluntarists, libertarians, anarchists go, I am punctual. <laughs> that is to say, uh, on time or early. Yeah, if you're not, if you're not early, I, this, you're late. This is not a common characteristic of libertarians, at least uh, stereotypically. Now, Mark... I don't think I've ever known you to be late for well show or well really anything. What- I've been late for Free Talk Live in the past. Uh, certainly, I beat myself up over it more than probably the average person does. Right. But, um, but what about in general? Yeah. Are you generally a punctual dude? I'm of the opinion that you're either early uh, on times late and early's on time. Okay, mm-hmm. um, all right. Know. Hundred percent on time guarantee. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. that. Yeah, <laughs> working in broadcast, you have to be hundred percent on time. You, you got to be on time. Yeah, uh, you can't be like, well, yeah. we're going to start the show at ten after seven. <laughs> like, leave people hanging. You can't. You got to be right on. I, to be fair, we've done that on both uh, Freer Talk Live as well as uh, Beard Talk Live. Where, well, yeah, that's... you know, we'd we'd have some sort of a technicality before we can actually start the show. Right. So, but we would still do you know the length of the program if it was like three hours or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, we would still do the full three hours just instead of starting, you know, at the bottom of the hour, we'd start a few minutes late and go a few minutes over. Yeah, That's the blessing of Free Talk Live is, is that it's in Ian's living room. There's always somebody who can run a show sitting there. <laughs> so it's 7.06, you know, we'll figure it out. Uh, indeed. All right. Uh, we've been talking about our number two story today, which is <laughs> from Zero Hedge, French farmers dump manure on government buildings to protest climate hysteria. And apparently over there in, in France, uh, they've had you know some things happening with uh, taxation, higher costs for the farming sector, uh, carbon taxes, nitrogen limits, and laws to cull livestock. And they are protesting all of that by... They have pictures here that I wish I could show to our listening wish could, audience. Wish you could smell it. Uh, well, no, maybe yeah, not. I, I'm one of these guys that giant six inch tubes coming off of big trucks and they're spraying brown oh, stuff out of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. There's dudes wearing uh, what I like to call the zoot suits They're uh, in this picture. They're red, but they're these like disposable uh, suits, these coveralls the that you put on. Oh, yeah. Kind of kind of like that. Yeah. Suit, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've seen mechanics wear them. I've seen uh, uh, people who do. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, when somebody comes to pump out your uh, septic, uh, your septic system, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they'll wear that because they're right. disposable, right? right? They're just you know paper and plastic or right. whatever. Um, but yeah, the giant giant tubes. Uh, it looks like it looks like a, a green fire truck tanker. Uh, the back of this Sprays thing out the is what it looks like. And then yeah, there's a guy holding a green hose that is definitely spraying a brown substance uh, (laughs) upon what I'm assuming is one of these government buildings. We call that substance protest. (laughs) Yeah. Spraying protest as much as they can. Uh, uh, Roads were also blockaded and vehicles were set on fire. Oh, geez. 
So not only are they spraying number two <laughs> all over the government buildings, but they're lighting apparently blockading roads and setting vehicles on fire. On fire. Uh, it says here agricultural workers and farmers protest against rises in taxes and higher costs in the farming sector by blockading roads. Uh, incoming carbon taxes, nitrogen limits, and laws to cull livestock will make food more expensive. You know that, right? Well, that's the it point. Certainly that's, will. That's Agenda 2030 right there. Uh, 400 farmers descend on St. Bruch. I'm probably mispronouncing Bruch. that. Blocking, it sounds like you are. <laughs> <laughs> Making it up. Blocking <laughs> roads around council buildings, protests across France against green taxes and policies handed down by the EU killing the industry across the continent. Farmers carrying signs that said, France, do you still want your farmers? And without support, France is starving. Sprayed manure on the offices of Brittany Regional Council in Rennes. So uh, around 60 tractors were convened outside Brittany Regional Council with farmers you know, holding these signs. Uh, they spread manure on administrative buildings in the province of Brittany to protest all of this. Uh, they also threw eggs at government buildings, dumped manure on official premises. Official. And, uh, official. <laughs> and blocked roads with tires in protest of these high taxation and other government reforms. One I or- wonder if it's the same guys that have the uh, the contract to clean the government building. <laughs> 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 well, if, yeah. if you are an entrepreneur, though, <laughs> an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, I would have started a second company before I started that protest. Yep. You know, like, hey, if, you're, if your government building needs to be cleaned, 20% off. We're, and then you run that. We're number two at cleaning up. <laughs> <laughs> One organization leading the protest said the demonstrations will remain complete as long as the government does not provide French agriculture with all the means allowing it to be fully involved in the food, energy, and environmental issues of the future. I think that means that the... Protest will continue. Right. Until morale improves. Yeah. Until morale. Right, yeah, the beatings will continue. The Netherlands has been rocked by similar protests in recent years against limits on nitrogen emissions that would have led to the shutdown of thousands of farms. Well, you know how you get the, the rest of the folks, the rest of the, the population involved in these protests, is you have every farmer do this, get arrested, and then they can't farm. And then when the food stops, then the pitchforks and torches will come out. On these government buildings. Arrest them. Put them in jail. Shut down the farms. See what happens. Uh, but I think that's kind of their goal, is to, to create this anarchy. Go! <laughs> Go! No, 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 no! Sorry, we're, we're talking about Europe. I just had to do it. <laughs> had to do a goal. Sounds like Latin America to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. It is. Uh, man, I was actually... This is totally off topic. I was... <laughs> I was watching. You can change the topic. I, I know that's what I'm doing. Uh, like whiplash segue. Too. Yeah, you don't Just have like, to call in. Um, I was watching a uh, a pirated stream of an NFL broadcast. Ooh! And I just so happened to get the Mexican version. <laughs> it was pirate. It wasn't SAP because I've done some Spanish stuff. I mean, it, it it so it was really weird because they say everything in the Spanish accent, right? Except for the names the of names, the players, right? Right, you yeah. know, so, Joe Flacco, <laughs> you know that kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Right? And oh, I was absolutely. just like, "Wow, this is weird." And then, and then when they score a touchdown or they kick a field goal, they they do they do the shortened version, but they're like, "Go!" Yeah, oh yeah. Right? And I was yeah. like, "Wow, that's yeah." The the Spanish announcers really uh, 
from working in, in international television. They, yeah. they are just so much more alive yeah. in, their, in their commentary. Yeah, their than, than the, yeah. yeah, it's just from the beginning of the game to the last, you know, saying goodbye. Like something is taught, at least in the, uh, I've taken uh, a couple of different voiceover classes um, and I've done, you know, some voice work and that kind of a thing. What they teach in these classes is for you to be uh, not any of that. You don't want to be too emotional in your speaking when you're doing this type of work. You, in fact, you want to sound indifferent mm. for at least for the U.S. audience, right? right. When you're when you're doing these don't types offend of things, anyone. because you don't. Yeah, you don't want to. As a, yeah, I really like that voice, or like no, yeah. I really don't <laughs> like that voice, right? You don't want to. You want to be very neutral. It's very you subjective. Be sort of. You don't want to be monotonous or monotone, right? You want to have some inflection in your voice, but you want to keep it very, you know, a very short box of that. Right. Uh, and I'm not, like, I've done plenty of voiceovers and stuff, but, like, my enthusiasm just sort of rings Yeah, through. you don't want to be NPR. Like, uh, right. Uh, right. Well, I would think that if you were doing the voiceover for the radio for, say, the official channel of the Tampa Bay Rays, Right. Like at that point, you can be excited about it. But whereas if you're doing ABC's, uh, you know, voiceover, um, yeah. you know, their, you know, their, their the commentary, yeah. then you have to be, you know, not pick a side. It would be my guess. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I haven't, uh, <laughs> I just happened to end up behind a microphone. I never took any training for it. <laughs> yeah. But you have something, I think they, uh, what do they call it in the industry, Mark? Uh, talent. <laughs> I, talent? I think my talent was disagreeing with Ian. <laughs> I mean, that's still a talent. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very narrow, no, when no, you're, especially when your business partner's in prison. Uh, well, uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't tend to argue with you very much. Occasionally we disagree on something, but we usually like, you know, we say our piece and then like, okay, well, that's what it is. Yeah, Agree and that's disagree. it. Yeah, we don't really argue. Um, do we? You got to bring it back from the break and then mischaracterize my statement and then argue against that. Uh, oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, this is where I'm lacking, right? This is where <laughs> this is where your your training has uh, you know definitely fallen short, Mark. Uh, you haven't trained me on on the ways to do that. That's training for Ian. You you just sort of let me go about my business however <laughs> I want, and this is what happened. <laughs> it's and we gave you another night to do it. <laughs> you did. It's true. Um. Do we dare do a double flush? Two number two stories? <laughs> do we oh, dare? Yeah. Mark? Uh, wow. I, I, I'd say full house. <laughs> Upper deck. Let's all go. Right, all right. All right. Um, Wait, did, we, did we finish that? Was we did. That story? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it was the end it's of flushed. that one. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go to our second number two story. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. We usually, it's a big one. Like, yeah, it's a big, did you get that package? It's a big one. <laughs> oh, the puns just... I think the delivery man went around back and dropped it off the pool. <laughs> yeah, he used the uh, back door no. <laughs> to make his delivery. Uh, this from nypost.com under the topic of sex and relationships. <laughs> Come on. My ex refused to give me toilet paper when I needed it, so I dumped him. <laughs> yeah, I saw this one. It seems so strange. I didn't read the story, though. What a poopy reason to get dumped. The article begins. Some ill-fated relationships go swirling down the drain <laughs> after one or both partners cheat. Some hit the skids when a lover gets tangled <laughs> in a lie. 
uh, off topic, or at least Boy. not in the article. Uh, Steve, I hear you have race car underwear. You know, the kind with the skid marks. <laughs> marks <in> yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Listen again. <laughs> but these two particular sweeties, the article continues, went stinky over a roll of bathroom tissue and an incredibly crappy attitude. I had to end it. Just kept thinking about how this isn't the last time I'm going to run out of toilet paper, Jess Jacobson told The Post on Monday. When I think of my future self-stranded on the toilet, he's... When I think of my future self-stranded on the toilet, he's not well, he's the person... When he thinks of his future, comma... Oh, they missed... Yeah, yeah. missed a comma or a parenthesis. No, I think my future oh. self, comma, stranded on oh, the toilet, yeah, yeah, comma... Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's not the person I want to be there to ask for help. I deserve more. Toilet paper especially. So this is somebody complaining about their significant other. Uh, refusing to give them toilet paper while they sat on the john. The scorned sweetheart from Los Angeles spilled her guts to more than 11.5 million TikTok viewers last week. I'm breaking up with the guy I'm dating because of what he did to me when I was on the toilet the other day. Jacobson began her un- well, unbelievable a, TikTok. Attention-grabbing headline. Yeah, right. It's all clickbait. The TikTok stuff, right? Like, I got to become internet famous. 14 minutes and counting. So I'm at his house, continued the blonde. I sit down to take a poop. I go to wipe, and there's no toilet paper. Naturally, Jacobson yelled out to her then honey, asking him to hand her a spool of TP from his first floor commode. A simple request that the nameless numbskull allegedly refused to fulfill. He said no. One wonders why. <laughs> but I mean, if you're go- if you're going to the bathroom and you got to do that, it's almost like getting well, in a car and like I don't have any gasoline. Like, make sure you have gasoline before you're going somewhere. Like, I have had this happen in my own house where I did not. Ref- I have one of these like uh, standalone toilet paper roll holder things that holds like three rolls on the plus bottom the one, plus the yeah. plus the one that's yeah. in there, and. Once upon a time, I neglected to refill the thing. Yeah, you're down to one, like, I'll remember. And I didn't. <laughs> and then, you know, I wake up and I go to do my morning constitution, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. And, oh, no, no toilet paper. Now, normally I have, like, a box of Kleenex or, you know, something. But, like, I didn't. I didn't at the time. I had Newspaper, to get up, I had to get up and walk over to the closet <laughs> and get a fresh roll and come yeah. back and then take care of the business. Mm-hmm. Right? And it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't that big a deal. But you didn't have anyone to shout out to. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm wondering what this particular person would have done in that situation. Right? Would she have broke up with herself? Right? Would no she one's have here committed to suicide? Would she have just stayed on the toilet until somebody showed up? Nine one one, I'm stuck on the toilet. <laughs> please. Oh my gosh. Ma'am, this is an emergency. <laughs> Call nine one two. Please. Nine two. <laughs> Uh, He said, no, I already told you that bathroom you're using is out of toilet paper. Sorry, she recalled. So apparently he had had told her twice (laughs) that that bathroom was out of toilet paper. It was the number two time he told her. (laughs) Definitely. And despite the Gen Zers' repeated pleas for help, Jacobson claims her anti-hero left her high and not so dry. (laughs) With S... In my A, I explained to him that he's my only option, she carried on. I can't walk downstairs and get the toilet paper. Uh, That's not true. You probably could have. It would have been messy, but you could have done it. Uh, Tensions continued mounting between the troubled twosome. 
reaching a fever pitch when Jacobson began screaming for help at the top of her lungs, hoping a neighbor might respond to her distress. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. I'd like to hear his side of this story because I feel like I'm getting a, getting, getting only one ply. (laughs) Yeah. The, yeah. The, the story seems perforated. (laughs) Finally, he's like, fine, fine, fine. I'll go get the mm-hmm toilet paper. What the mm? You're so mm, You're so FCCing dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's it. Yeah. By the way, Mark, if you haven't been listening, I've uh, reverted to using FCC as a substitute cuss word. I think it's great. So uh, feel free to use it yourself if you like. You know, it's been since the Bush administration that they went after anybody for what they said on the radio and... Like there hasn't been any guidance about this in a very long time. Sure. One kind of wonders. Now I'm of the opinion that using cuss words in uh, a you know a news talk show would be unprofessional. However, if you're reporting on what was said, that might be a different story. That there might be a, a well, that, yeah, that's that's fair use of a quote from yeah for the news story. Yeah. Like if you were to play that as an audio clip, here's the interview with the the woman on the toilet, and she was swearing you. I guess you have to beep it out, bleep it out. But if you, you know, I didn't if, say, I didn't swear. I wasn't swearing. If the AP reported this news on the internet where a lot of people, a good percentage of them, the American population, maybe even the majority of the American population gets its news. If the AP reported this and they chose to use some of those words, mm-hmm. then why, why would the radio not be able to do it? Now, Again, there's been no guidance, and I can tell you that the gentlemen that run the radio stations, the 200 radio stations we're on, would probably not appreciate us pushing the boundaries of this particular issue. But one of the reasons that radio is dying, ladies and gentlemen, is because we can't compete in so many ways with the Internet. Right. Mm -hmm. We can't. You know, we can't say anything. Now we can go on and we can joke, um, you know, get rather jocular about number two here, but we can't <laughs> go and actually say what was said in this. Well, now, I'm going to use air quotes even, here. News story in the article itself. Did they bleep it out? Like, it's it's yeah. It's uh, blank, what blank. the f dash dash k question mark? You're so f dash dash king dramatic. She said. So they self censored. They they censored here as yeah. well. Um, Fine by me. My take on it is I'm a freedom of speech absolutist. And mm-hmm. so I believe people should be free to say whatever the FCC, FCC they, they want. want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also think it's r- goddamn ridiculous that uh, several government agencies, uh, the FCC, uh, the FAA, and NASA, uh, all claim to own air. They own, they own space. Air specifically, right? Because right. the, 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 the atmosphere. The guy from Canada who sent the rocket up and took a picture of space. Well, was... I think I think the EPA also claims to own the air as well. Oh, so yeah. at any rate, uh, the traumatizing incident left her feeling like number two. She confessed. <laughs> that's actually one of the craziest things anyone's ever done to me. Well, she hasn't lived life. <laughs> if that's one of the craziest things. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. More free talk live is coming your way. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are 
having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Yes, it is. And we're back. Oh, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're back. back. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Steve. I was thrown off by the meowing. <laughs> that was that what sound? was the meow mix. It's yes. meow mix commercial. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, meow Speaking mix. of commercials, after the last segment, we probably should have had a bidet uh, advertiser <laughs> on. If you uh, have a product related to number two and would like to advertise in Free Talk Live, please send an email to Mark at freetalklive.com. Hey, maybe we can get some free toilet paper. We'll, we'll trade you. Oh, hey. man. One of, one of my bands. Uh, this is Free Talk Live, by the way, in case uh, anybody's wondering. <laughs> two, number two Talk Live. Uh, we are doing the second number two story of, of the night. <laughs> it's a double flush. It's, it's a double, double flush, flush Sunday. Sunday. Uh, it's only in celebration of Mark Edge being on the show. <laughs> this in no way is uh, reflective of our opinion of Mark as a host or co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Although he seems to uh, wipe the floor with us as oh, a talent. Oh, yes. I wanted to say that uh, once upon a time, I was in a band, and uh, we had a, a song that was uh, a bit you know, political, right? Or yeah. anti-political, right? A-political? Basically yell, yelling oh. at the man. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, sort of anarchic, Kind of like the will. French farmers. Kind of, yeah, yeah. music, yeah. yeah. It was just like, you know, screw the man, screw the government, yeah. you know, this stuff sucks, right. you know, that, that kind of a thing. Yep. Mark, you're making noise over there. You okay? Not sure what's going on. He's dropped his microphone. He's, Sorry. He did drop his microphone, actually. <laughs> dropped, it's, it's a mic drop. Mark Edge <laughs> is so good, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, you can't see him, but I can tell you, I, I can see on the screen in the room that he's at, he is sitting in front of a map of the earth. It's, and it's flat. <laughs> it is flat. <laughs> the map, that is. But he also has two microphones in front of him. He's so good, the man needs two microphones, so... There you go. And he has one well, here in the studio. And, anyway, my, my story is we're I'm in this band, we're playing this thing and the show, and you know, you gotta do something to like make the show memorable, right? For everybody. Make it a personalized experience for for the audience so that they remember not only you as a band, but the time that they had. Like, right. oh yeah, remember that time we went to the oh, show yeah. and that thing happened? Yeah, right. that was an awesome thing. Well, I was there, yeah. The thing that we did is we managed to acquire toilet paper rolls. With uh, dollar bills uh, and presidents, cool. right? So different, like one toilet paper roll would be like rolling out dollar bills. One would be like rolling out pictures of like Obama, oh, right? right? One right, toilet right. paper roll would have like Bush or whatever, yeah. you know, or Trump or whatever, right. you know, presidents on. And so like at the crescendo of the song, the, the singer just sort of reaches down into this, 
you know, Tupperware bucket, you know, kind of a thing, and just starts toilet paper in the crowd <laughs> with these rolls of toilet paper. Uh, and uh, that wow. was our thing that we did. So that's it, great. It's somewhat related to our number two story uh, because it's toilet paper. So there you have it. You could you could be over there in France with those uh, France. farmers. France. No, no, uh, the Frenchies bidets, don't they? Oh, right. That's yeah. so. okay. Uh, this uh, article about this uh, breakup. By over... the way, having just been in France, they have both um, in oh. the bathroom, so you can. I'm I'm curious, Mark. Is there a place in France where the naked ladies dance? <laughs> I didn't see it. Okay. I'm sure. All I'm right. sure there is. All right. I just I, I'm looking for confirmation of this uh, fictitious entity that you know does it exist in real life? Hmm. Uh, anyway, this uh, story about this breakup over toilet paper uh, just has a little bit more to it. Uh, supporters encouraged the porcelain princess to not waste her time fretting over the doo doo headed dude. Who wouldn't bring her a roll of toilet paper? Supporters. She has supporters. He clears day showed that when you're vulnerable, sick, or something is inconvenient to him, he's not going to be there for you. Run, urged a concerned commenter. Uh, that's a relationship breaker, another one wrote. That's crimson red of all the flags. First signs of an abuser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, so if Jacobson heeded the devious advice about swiping the dopes linens and paper products she wouldn't be the first woman to exact cruel revenge on a deserving ex i wonder how long this took like you know what the gentleman's point appeared to be according to the woman who's making this uh, telling the story yeah. is that he had told her In on advance. two occasions not to use that particular bathroom and that uh, you know trying to send his point home that hey you should listen to what i say as opposed to just doing what you want and expecting me to clean up the mess. Now, I I agree that leaving her sitting there maybe for a half an hour sounds, uh, you know, outlandish, but two minutes, I don't know. Right. I mean, is she just the kind of drama queen that began yelling for help? Um, <laughs> you know, I have no clue. <laughs> well, either way, I'm sure that story ended with a flush. So uh, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. Here on Free Talk Live, we have uh, Major Payne calling from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live with Mark, Steve, and the hey. captain. Good evening, guys. Yeah, Mark kind of half stole my thunder. The uh, uh, oh, the easiest way out of this for this young lady was you just you just do, do the hillbilly day. You flush <laughs> down the load you made, and you got a fresh bowl of water, and you just splash <laughs> a little bit and clean your butt. <laughs> Well, that does sound like a hillbilly bidet. <clears throat> yeah, it is. I but, thought oh, that, I thought the hillbilly was, bidet was going outside and like you know taking uh, the garden hose. <laughs> well, that would be extreme, I guess. And you'd have to have a garden hose and, in, and inside plumbing and all that. And some hillbillies just don't mm -hmm. have that. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking anyway, of the hillbilly enema. Talking about the New Hampshire hillbillies a while back. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, West Coast. Just an interesting little bit of trivia in the old Noah Webster dictionary. A hillbilly was a northern Michigan dirt farmer. A dirt, dirt farmer? Tennessee. Yeah, go figure. Uh, okay, let's define dirt farmer here because I've never known anyone to make money uh, at, at having a field of dirt. Well, that's just how Noah wrote it up in the in the book. Oh, okay. You don't, I'm what interested. Else are, you are there a they lot did, of did, are there a lot of hills in Michigan? Michigan? 
Well, that, Mark was there asking. There a lot of hills. No, but the people that uh, moved up to the northern part of Michigan were uh, a bit of a rough breed at the time. It was still Indian territory till hell, almost eighteen seventy-eight or something. Hmm. Well, and I know the Upper Peninsula of Michigan does at least have one mountain. I'm familiar with Iron Mountain. And I can only assume yeah. that there, there are hills surrounding that mountain. It's very rare for just a there's mountain to be there without more of them. There's there's a there's a range going all the way up to Key Keweenaw Peninsula. It's called the Porcupine Mountains. Oh, weird, huh? All right. Oh, well, I got one for you, Captain. You know how you uh, aren't particularly fond of voting and all that. Yep. A guy actually won an election by one vote. It was just for like a city council seat or school board or something. I think it was out in uh, Oregon or or uh, Washington. He he won but by the like. Real ironic part about it is he voted for himself in the election, right? Uh-huh. Well, his competitor didn't vote for himself. Didn't. <laughs> I thought he so won by one it, vote. Like there was only one vote. He won one to zero. He just he no, was, no. But if if his competitor had voted for himself, it would have been a tie. tie yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, we've said for a long time here on Free Talk Live that for voting to have an effect, the best chance for that is to do it locally, right? In your own in your own town, right? Your own community, you know that type of thing. That's where your vote is going to carry uh, most weight, any weight really at all. Right. If you're voting for a president, your your vote is statistically irrelevant. Popularity, of the popularity content. Right. This is one of the, the critiques of the Free State Project. Well, if the Free State Project is successful, why do they keep on voting for Obama and sending statists to Washington? Because that's where we like our statists. <laughs> right. Keep them out of the state. <laughs> <laughs> we, we would prefer them to leave. we got to put them somewhere. And, yeah. But the reality is, um, here, here's the real situation, is, is that the Free State Project has moved maybe at the outside 10,000 libertarians to the state of New Hampshire. uh, This is the outside. Mm -hmm. And those 10,000 people in a state of 1.4 million clearly aren't going to make the biggest difference on who they vote for in a statewide election. And so that's not an excellent way to figure it out because our voters are just like your voters. Our voters care the most about the presidency and care a little bit less and care quite a bit less about the Senate and the House and things like that to the point that they like your like the people in your town can't name their county commissioners and can't name their city councilors. And that is the area where the Free State Project focuses. They focus on the House uh, seats and what we call the general court in New, New Hampshire, um, the, the state Senate seats. How many of the people listening to me right now, as a percentage, can name their state senator, their state house uh, representative? One percent. My guess is, yeah, one, my guess is one percent. And I can't name it here in uh, the, the district I'm in in Florida and don't care to learn. Not going to not going to go look it up because I just don't care. But, um, you know, these it's the same way there. And so the free staters have essentially used this in order to get, I think, the free state project has something like 50 butts in seats in the 400 seats in uh, the New Hampshire House and of uh, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance has rated 
at B plus or above more than a hundred, about 125 people. That is a th- like close to a third of the New Hampshire House. And that that's a pretty functional libertarian veto. Nothing gets through as to law without either both the Republicans and the Democrats or the Republicans and the Libertarians. And I don't mean Libertarian as a, as a political party. I mean Libertarian as a philosophy because mm-hmm. they run as Democrats and they run as um, Republicans. Uh, Republicans, thank you. So that's really effective. I believe in the future that New Hampshire is going to be as free as a state of the United States can be, which is to say not free, but as free as a state can be. The best case scenario. Right. Major? Yep. Um, well, I got nothing more on the election things. But, uh, <laughs> what else you got? I was thinking about, you know, Venezuela is trying to take over poor little New Guinea. Well, it used to be. French, French, French Guiana. Guiana. I guess it's called Guinea now or something. Okay. French Guiana? I think. Guiana, yeah, French Guiana. Just that it's just on the northern border of Venezuela and they just discovered a massive oil pocket there. And uh must be terrorists underneath that oil and around that oil. For 178 years and uh Venezuela is just trying to take it over so they got the militaries bristling on the Brazilian border. And also on the uh, New Guinea border. So it's Guyana. French Guyana, yeah. Yep. It's Guyana, um, which is in the middle is Suriname. And then over to the east of Guyana is French Guiana. And so Guyana sits on the east of Venezuela. It has recently, and Guyana's northern coast has been found this very large, at least for this small country, oil reserve. And strange, Venezuela has now resurrected, uh, you know, a centuries-old complaint that they didn't get this uh, particular area. I can't remember what it's called, um, but, you know, it's been in the news. And it's about two-thirds of Guyana's uh, total land. Now, as I recall, most of the population lives to the east, but one of the things that Venezuela voted for, which is, I think, very, very interesting, is that they're offering citizenship to any Guyanese who wants it. Now, presumably, like most places in the world, Guyana offers, um, allows their citizens to have dual citizenship. And believe me, the United States does, even though they say they don't. And so you could have two passports. Now, not that the Venezuelan passport is a particularly valuable one. But the the free passport that you can get, you should always get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Amen to that. And I'll tell you why. Although it doesn't seem like it's particularly useful, it wasn't too long ago when you went to the U.S. Mexico border, and unless you had a Mexican resident permit, a Mexican residency or a Mexican citizenship, you couldn't get across it. Hmm. And you know they had stopped all travel. Yeah, it doesn't and work the other that, way. Well, the other way around. <laughs> but, well, but at this it, point, at this point, there's more Mexicans going home than they are staying in the right, U.S. Right, right. Now, if the if they're offered this passport for Venezuela, uh, and they they have dual citizenship, would it if they make if they incentivize this enough, they won't have to take over the country. They'll just everyone will just be Venezuelan. Well, right? the, the the issue is is that the the people in Caracas want the you know want the revenue from that oil. Right. And Exxon Mobil has made a deal with the people in Georgetown. And so the 
the the politicians in Georgetown want to keep that oil. And that's really what the, you know, I mean, nobody wants to serve the citizens of a country better, <laughs> you know, especially uh, this is, you know, Venezuela. I mean, who that's, wants that Sitco, passport? Right. Sitco is the, the national, the oil, uh, I don't know what you call it, nationalized oil, oil. Sitco, yeah. I believe in yep. Venezuela. Yep, I would agree. Mm. And um, it's it's like uh, the uh, the Argentinians talking about the Falklands or the Maldives, depending on uh, Mal- Malvinas, excuse me, the Malvinas, depending on where you're from, is they've been complaining about this since we were kids, Captain. Do you remember the war? The Falkland Falcon. Islands? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that that's right, British, Steve. You're, that was a British You're dispute. older than I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, um, this was a conflict. And for whatever reason, the dictators that were in charge of Buenos Aires at the time wanted to direct uh, misdirect people from, you know, the things that they're doing there. So they thought, we'll just go take back those islands that belong to us. And, you know, they went over there. There was a referendum. Do you want to be part of Argentina or do you want to be part of uh, the British Empire? And it was like 98% of the people of the Falklands voted they wanted to be part of Britain because, you know, I mean, pick between them, a government that goes bankrupt every three decades yeah. or, you know, one that doesn't. That's the oh. referendum we need here in New Hampshire. I thought it was because of the food. Oh. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we got to get some yeah. of that, you know, bland and, you know, <laughs> left left out room temperature food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Britons. <laughs> I saw a tweet. It was, a, it was a funny. It was uh, asking if uh, British food is really bad. And the response was, if prepared properly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Made there any other thoughts tonight? No. I, well, that kind of answers one of my questions is why I wasn't, uh, you know, like with, with what's going on over in, uh, in Israel right now. They send over uh, two fleets of battleships and aircraft carriers. But nobody seems to be raising a hand to help this poor little country. <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me that Big Oil's behind it again somehow or another. Yeah. All right. Hey, Major, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you, man. 603-283-6160. Uh, you know, the Biden administration is sitting there praying, praying that Venezuela does something and that they can send one U.S. naval ship out there, scare the bejesus out of the uh, the Venezuelan army and send them back over the border so that Biden then gets a war and can get a little bump from being tough guy Joe. Yeah, I I, I don't even think that that would register because the dude is just uh, I, I, he's beyond, a number two. He's a number two story beyond senile. <laughs> I mean, the the statements that he makes are just. Like how the Elton John how thing did last anybody week? <laughs> even for a minute go? Yeah, I'm behind this guy. Yeah, I don't understand. Well, it, at this point, uh, he's had his lowest ratings yet. He's at 37 percent, and That's surprisingly high in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, 33 percent of the uh, I've always said 40 percent. 40 percent of the American population would vote for Stalin if he ran Democrat, yeah, or Hitler right. if he ran Republican, mm-hmm. and. You know, it's just the twenty percent in between that make make up the difference. I think that they should, uh, instead of sending battleships, they should send ships filled with uh, many copies of the tabletop game Battleship. Let's <laughs> pass those out. Well, H six, you sank my battleship. Maybe that's how I wars advocate. should be fought, right? 
And I advocate, and I advocate for it over and over again, that the uh, the chief executive of any given country must, if he instead of attacking the the country and killing innocents, just just challenge to a duel with short swords and bucklers, uh, the chief executive of the other country. Let him fight it out. Well, I mean, you know, I'll get some stadium room there in San Pedro Sula, and we'll have a you know third you a, a pay per view event with that. It'd be huge, right? Well, right. So the thing <laughs> is. Awesome. The thing is, we know that these tyrants, uh, you know, presidents, uh, dictators, you know, that type of a thing, these, quote, leaders of countries, officials. unquote, officials. Government officials. Uh, we know that they don't have any balls because if they did, they would go fight wars themselves, right? So I, I, I'm taking your idea, Mark, with the duel, but I'm, I'm reducing the, uh, the balls needed to participate. And, and instead of swords and, or, you know, the duel with the, the quick draw of the guns, you know, Old West style or whatever, I'm proposing a tabletop board game known as Battleship. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Imagine like Zelensky and Biden, you know, sitting down to a duel. It's all very produced, like the the online poker tournaments and all that stuff. You know, they got cameras and they got yeah. announcers and like bold move, Cotton. Oh, but it would have know. to it would have to be it would have to be electronic battleship with the sound effects. Though. Yeah, of yeah. course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I would. My solution would rid the world of one chief executive every time. <laughs> oh, you have a point there. Verizon so versus go. AT&T. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we talk a lot here on Free Talk Live about liberty. And number two. Uh, well, that's only on Sundays. <laughs> on Sundays, yeah. yeah. Uh, this story, this next story is from Libertyville, Illinois. Oh, cool. Right. Uh, that was only for the segue. There's no more relevance oh, that's, to that's that it. at all. Okay. That was just the segue. Uh, this from Chicago's very own WGN9. Parents sue Volkswagen following carjacking and kidnapping of toddler in Libertyville. The parents Volkswagen. of uh, they're suing Volkswagen for the okay. kidnapping after their car was carjacked and their toddler was kidnapped. The parents of a toddler who was kidnapped during a carjacking are suing the automaker Volkswagen. Attorneys for the family claim Volkswagen refused to assist authorities in tracking the car until payment of their tracking system was paid and activated. This is the, uh, this is the argument that uh, a lot of uh, non-libertarians or statists make about uh, the free market. Oh, so when your house catches on fire, nobody's going to put it out unless you've paid? Right? Well, that's like AAA. I mean, if you did have police on demand and you didn't subscribe to the police service, and you wanted the police, and you called 911 or 912, yeah. they show up, they give you a bill. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you know, I, you don't have the service. I mean, you, you are pay for the service. paying for it one way or another, right? <laughs> right? It's just that I would prefer the market uh, price versus right. the government price because the government price is always bloated. It's always way too much. Yeah. And... Yeah. People who don't want or need the service are forced to pay for it. Right. But you could have AAA, or, or you could just drive without AAA, and if you get into a, you know, if you're stuck on the side of the road, you yeah. call them, and they say, do you have a subscription, or are you a member? You like, say no. Nope. Yeah. They're then, like, will that be Visa or MasterCard? Right, so they'll they'll give you the membership right there for the 100 something right. dollars, yeah, yeah. 
And now and you you're pay, on your way. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Now you're on your way. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. I never considered that. I, so you don't have. But to again, have I've it. had the gold membership for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, RV service. Mm. That's what I've had. No, uh, my uh, my birth mom used to buy me AAA every year for my birthday and just renew it continuously. Oh, uh, a little peace uh, of mind until though. she passed away, and then I just never renewed it myself. Did you ever get so, stuck? Um, well, I have roadside assistance through my car insurance now, oh, so yeah. you know it's, it's kind of like it. Yeah, it's. It's, I've only had to use it one time, yeah. so it's fine. Uh, attorneys for the family claim that Volkswagen refused to assist in tracking the car until payment of the tracking system was made. The incident happened last February in the 16,000 block of Route 137 in unincorporated Libertyville. Oh, wow. Unincorporated? When Taylor Shepard, who was pregnant at the time, was returning home. This is a real-life miracle baby, Noah, who I was pregnant with when all this happened, Shepard said. According to Shepard, when she went to retrieve her two-year-old son from the car, an assailant pulled up behind her 2021 Volkswagen Atlas, assaulted her, and knocked her to the ground. According to the lawsuit, the assailant then stole the Volkswagen Atlas with the two-year-old boy inside and fled, running over Shepard and causing serious injuries to her extremities and her pelvis. Ouch. She immediately called 911 and the first responders arrived at the scene shortly after. We'll find out more about what happened to Miss Mrs. Shepard, the stolen Volkswagen, and the two-year-old coming up here on Free Talk Live. If you want to join us, the telephone number is 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live coming up with Mark Edge, Steve Classic, and the Captain. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. We're a live call-in radio program where you can take control of the airwaves. Please do. Talk about whatever is on your mind. The telephone number, if you would like to join us, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's... Steve Classic. And? Mark Edge. And I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Uh, before we go on with tonight's show, I want to say thank you to Steve Smith. Steve Smith is an amplifier for Free Talk Live. What on earth does that mean? Amps. Well, it means Steve enjoys the program. He enjoys the hosts, the co-hosts, the topics, the content. The listeners, the callers. Callers, yeah. He enjoys the message of freedom that we bring to the air. We are unique in in this particular market where we are the only uh, libertarian-themed call-in radio talk show that I'm aware of, unless that's changed, Mark. Yeah? I, that sounds right. Yeah. So he thinks it's worth five bucks a month because he's a silver-level amplifier. We only ask for five. You can give more if you like. Over at amps.freetalklive.com. Uh, it's a bit of a Patreon-type setup, so you get some little perks, some little benefits mm. if you do amplify. 
AMPS stands for Advertise, Marketing, Promoting, and Supporting. And so amps.freetalklive.com is the site you need to go to if you want to join Steve Smith in becoming an amplifier. We're on, Mark, you said uh, around 180, 200 radio stations. Thereabouts. Thereabouts. We could be on 250, 300 radio stations. Not out of the question. It's all up to you. Please consider becoming an amplifier by visiting amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you again, Steve Smith. We appreciate you. And if you distribute toilet paper and you want to sponsor the number two story on Sunday nights, <laughs> contact Mark. Uh, Mark at freetalklive.com. Yes, indeed. Uh, so we were talking about this article from WGNTV.com out of Chicago, where in Libertyville, Illinois, the parents of a toddler uh, are suing Volkswagen because... Uh, someone hijacked, uh, knocked down the, the mother in a parking lot, knocked mm-hmm. her down. Uh, the two-year-old was in the car. They stole the car and ran over the mother. Uh, she lived, but she had you know, injuries to her extremities and her pelvis. Uh, and then the police apparently uh, got involved. Uh, according to Shepard, when she went to retrieve her two-year-old son from the car, an assailant pulled up behind her and knocked her to the ground. According to the lawsuit, the assailant stole the Volkswagen with the two-year-old inside, and that's when he ran her over. She called 911, and first responders arrived. The lawsuit claims a deputy from the Lake County Sheriff's Office contacted Volkswagen and requested GPS tracking location data and uh, explained that it's extremely exigent, these circumstances, that the situation was life or death. However, the deputy was informed that the vehicle's free trial period for the Carnet services had expired and that a subscription of $150 was required before the location of the vehicle could be provided. Yeah. I, I think Volkswagen might be in the right, even though well, they should have said, yeah, we could do this as a life or death situation, but they have every right to say we can't do that. Yeah, I think that they're, they have the right to do it. I think that it was unwise of them to do it. Um, that this would be one of those circumstances at the very least where they could um, avoid bad press, quite possibly have gotten some good press out of the deal. And, um, you know, I don't, again, I don't think that anybody should be forced to give up their uh, services for free, but I think it looks bad. Now I would like to point out that there is not a lawsuit against the Libertyville County uh, Sheriff's Department (laughs) For allowing this to happen. Now, this taxpayer presumably pays some amount of money that goes to the sheriff's department every single month. And this terrible thing happened. And no one thought for a second, hey, maybe I should sue the cops for not providing protection for me. Because, you know, that's what we'd be told is, is you know, in the absence of a county funded uh, sheriff's department. We, 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 it would be anarchy. People would be getting their cars stolen all the time. <laughs> you mean chaos? Well, here chaos. you are. The car got stolen, and the police could only call, ring, ring, hey, um, you know, profit-making auto manufacturer, why don't you give away your services for free so we can get this kid back? Well, why didn't you do your job in the first place and protect <laughs> these people? And also, too, since uh, taxation is collected under duress, that is by force, by coercion. Um, I am surprised that 
for these, uh, how did they say, exigent circumstances. I'm surprised that they don't have something like a uh, a police department credit card, or I would yeah, or say debit a- card. So that like like why didn't like if police are there to protect and serve, we know they're not. But let's just say <laughs> that's what you think, right? Uh, why wouldn't they have just busted out their wallet and been like, sure, here's 150 bucks. Tell me where the damn car is. Right on the county uh, credit card. Yeah, to put it in the expense account or right. something like that. Yeah. Well, they're they're complicit in the crime. Uh, so anyway, the deputy was informed that uh, you know you cannot pass unless you've paid. Right. Mm. Uh, the family said the automaker's demand for payments and refusal to cooperate with police delayed the search for their abducted child and caused Shepard and her husband extreme emotional distress. The family remains in therapy over the incident. Lawyers add. Now, I do want so to that say we can that- run so we can run that bill up. Uh, one last comparison <laughs> sure. I'd like to make, and uh, is that if. Let's say you had a parking lot at your at a business, okay. and you decided to pay for security at your parking lot, mm-hmm. and then you got carjacked at the parking lot where you're trying to get in. Yep. Would you not be able to hold the security company liable for that situation? And if that's so, because I'm pretty sure you can, um, you certainly can hold yeah. them liable. If you if that is so, then are the police officers, excuse me, in this case, Sheriff's Department, because I believe it's unincorporated Libertyville. Right. So it's the county of something. Um, Lake County, I think they said. Yes. Uh, they, yeah. So it's uh, Lake County Sheriff's Department. Are they not responsible for that entire area, just as the security guards would be for a parking lot? Have we not paid them to do this? And why is it that we, in our own minds, hold the security company in the parking lot responsible, we don't hold the police department responsible. Now, I'm not saying the police department is full of bad people. I think quite the opposite. But I don't think the security guards are a bunch of bad people either. I just think that if you do not hold people responsible for their behavior, you will get irresponsible behavior every single time because that's how people work. Yeah, the same um, comparison can be made for uh, things like roads, right? That's always a common retort mm-hmm. from the, the status, roads. Uh, for example, on my first attempt to leave Washington State and uh, move to New Hampshire, uh, I didn't make it. I hit uh, black ice <laughs> in eastern Washington uh, and uh, flipped my vehicle and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Now, I ended up getting a ticket from the, the state police there for... Driving with wheels off the roadway. Uh, I, in, I'm speechless. In, in my mind, that's flying. And like, if anybody's <laughs> going to find me, it should be like the FAA yeah, or something. Right. Right? They own but, space. But so, you know, because they could, and the likelihood of me fighting that ticket was low because, you know, I was obviously packed up, heading out of state. Right. Right. Uh, that's the ticket I got. Now, I hit black ice on a road with which is paid for and to be maintained by tax money. That means you. So the road was obviously not in any condition to be driven upon. In theory, I should be able to hold the state, the road department, whatever that Mm -hmm. is, liable for not closing the road because it was dangerous or not salting the road or not de-icing the road or some, you know, because... If they're responsible for making the road safe, 
when the road isn't safe, I should be able to help hold them responsible. No? Right. Yeah. They're, they're responsible for keeping it safe or unsafe in this case. Well, that's why they gave you the ticket. So that they could make you responsible, yeah. not them. <laughs> so uh, flipping back to the story now, the family here said the automaker's demand for payment and refusal to cooperate with police delayed the search for their abducted child and caused Shepard and her husband extreme emotional distress, and they remain in therapy. I want to say this about uh, when you call some of these places, uh, you do end up, uh, your call ends up going to, and I'm assuming these things, I have no evidence of this, I'm assuming this call went into a call center, right? and I'm assuming yeah, sure. this call center was staffed with not customer service people, not you know 911 responders, but with salespeople, mm-hmm. because this is generally what uh, these corporations will do. Uh, and the whoever the person was that they got, their paycheck probably depended on them making X amount of sales in a given time period, a week, right. a month, whatever it is. And I'm assuming that they were not in a zip code in the United States. Just guess. Right. I'd be my guess, too, that these, uh, you know, the, they were trying Offshore. to sue Volkswagen for making a few bucks by having a Filipino um, you know, call center. Right, rather than, yeah. you know, and so who my, doesn't have any ability to look this up without somebody having a membership. Right. Well, you yeah. got a membership or you don't have a membership. Right. How am I going to move this on? Can we like sell you a membership? No one said what to do in the case of uh, somebody having an abducted <laughs> right. baby. Right. That wasn't like, covered in their training. training. Right. Yeah. They didn't have a day on like, OK, what to do when somebody calls because their car was hijacked with a kid in it. Sell them a subscription. Yeah. Half price. So they probably <laughs> put 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 the who have the police on hold and went and talked to their McManager or whatever. And right, were like, right. Hey, I got this call. They're like, yeah, you can look that up, but it won't unlock until they've paid the fee. Right. There's probably some access thing there uh, is my guess, but I don't know any of this for a fact. It's not covered in the story. Mm-hmm. Right. As soon as the payment clears, some, some, uh, you know, electronic switch gets flipped and yeah. Yeah. yeah and I don't want to, uh, you know, jinx old, Volkswagen here, but I would say that the most likely outcome is that Volkswagen's lawyers look at this and say, Yavol Hans, who thought of this? <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> we're screwed here. Yeah, somebody's and, probably losing uh, their job. You know, they're they're like, well, we're gonna ha- send them a check because you know some somebody start negotiating because this is what we got going on, and there's just nothing that can be done. They they're gonna have to pay. It sounds to me like uh, when it comes to their general operations and customer service, Volkswagen has a bug in their system. <laughs> bug? Volkswagen bug, Mark? No? Okay. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> he says with, like, no, no emotion that's whatsoever. Funny. That's funny. <laughs> For what Isaiah has been through, this is uh, Mrs. Shepard speaking. For what Isaiah has been through, I think this is the least I can fight for, she said, of the reason they're seeking monetary compensation. In a statement released last February, Volkswagen said it has a procedure in place with a third-party provider for CarNet support services to help with emergency requests from law enforcement. Unfortunately, in this instance, there was a serious breach of the process. Aha. The process. Aha. So my theory is... is uh, so it's a third party that's doing their GPS tracking. Right. And so they apparently have something in place for... You know, if law enforcement calls, do this, and yeah. whoever they got through to didn't do that thing for whatever reason, yeah. or the phone tree rerouted them to a different place or whatever. Right, right. 
Uh, but now Volkswagen has to pay, not the company that's handling the the thing. The Volkswagen has to go after them, and they're uh, just going to shut up, sh- shut down shop in uh, the Philippines. Right. And that's <laughs> that. move, move Sorry, somewhere. I don't mean to go after the Philippines here, but there are a lot of call centers there. <laughs> there are. It's true. So that's where we're at. Uh, you know, apparently, uh, you know, pay well, your pay your subscription. Now, how would they right? know that it's the police department calling? Hi, this is uh, so and so, Sergeant. Blah yeah, blah blah. Like, I, I don't uh, know enough about that to. I've certainly you. gotten pl- some calls myself from uh, Sergeant whoever, right? Yeah, um, doing the same thing, and I'm like, uh, prove it. Well, <laughs> right. You know, how do they prove it? You know, they yeah. can't. Well, my badge number. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. make up a number, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. What's your name right here? Sergeant Stadenko. <laughs> don't have any system for dealing with this. Wow. <laughs> they must have some code word or something. I don't know. Yeah. Why, do, why don't I call the switchboard at the police department and you tell me your extension and I'll call you right back. Yeah, that's probably that's the it. the best I got. Right. <laughs> we'll call you back. Yeah. So there you have it. Volkswagen being sued. Yep. The people's car. <laughs> the people's car. <laughs> Isn't that the translation? Oh, um, it is. Yeah, people's. I, I'm, I'm old. Steve, you're old. Mark, you're old. If, if I'm old, well, you know, you're, you're getting old. old. Getting old. Uh, this is the. It's over, the alternative. It's the over <laughs> over fifty club here. Um, I remember still to this day just how illegal marijuana was compared to what it is today, depending on the state you live in. Yes. Some places it's still completely illegal. Like other places, other places, it's well, it's decriminalized in New it's, Hampshire. Yeah, so you can have it, you can smoke it, you can walk downtown Keene, New Hampshire, smoking a joint, nobody's just like everybody do else does. Yeah. yeah, nobody's gonna do anything or say anything to you. It's fine. It's decriminalized, but you still can't buy it. it. Right? There's no what what New Hampshire hasn't done is followed in the footsteps of all the other states who allow the state to dictate uh, the way it is going to be sold. So New Hampshire has just said we're going to make it the lowest prosecutable. Uh, offense, so right. meaning they're never going to prosecute. I mean, they can still write you a ticket for it, but like yeah. the odds of you getting prosecuted for it are so. I always low know when I'm driving you know. through Massachusetts, like behind a car, it's like, oh, I'm in Massachusetts. Just <laughs> smell. Now, if I, I'm I'm curious though, if you can't grow it in your backyard, then you can't really produce it. And right. so, is it? It's not legal to grow it in your backyard. Is that also the lowest prosecutable situation? There's a because. Marijuana doesn't fall out of the sky, even in New Hampshire. Sometimes it it well, yeah. you know rolls up on shore. <laughs> so I've been told. I had that happen in Honduras, and I've got pictures <laughs> to prove it. <laughs> so wow. I've been told. But uh, uh, what I'm really getting at here is that over the course of time, the illegalness of marijuana has been reduced right. within the United States by a great deal. Mm-hmm. However, this from DailyMail.co.uk, a California woman who stabbed boyfriend 108 times and killed him, is a do-gooding, mentally well girl who suffered weed-induced psychosis, according to psychiatrist testimony. You knew it was coming. Wow. Uh, So, Mark, which is the... um, So, psychology and psychiatry, which is the phony? (laughs) <laughs> well, neither are phony, but um, a psychiatrist can prescribe drugs. A psychologist talks to you about okay. your problems. All right. I just wanted to talk to you about your prescription. I just wanted to know which, <laughs> which one we're doing. We're dealing with psychiatry here in this particular okay. uh, article. It is an unimaginably gruesome crime, an example of human violence at its most extreme. 
In May 2018, Bryn Spiker of Thousand Oaks, California, picked up a bread knife and stabbed her new boyfriend 108 times, killing him. A dull bread knife? Like a like a butter knife? No, bread knife. Well, no, maybe it's like one of these. It, it sounds appointed, and it's probably uh, you know just serrated bread. Oh, and, you know, wow. it's, it's like hard bread. Uh, so uh, Bryn, it's uh, spelled S-P-E-J-C-H-E-R. I'm pronouncing it Spiker. It's probably wrong. Uh, she picked up a bread knife and stabbed her new boyfriend 108 times, killing him, before turning the blade on her dog. Whoa. That was some tough weed, huh? The 32-year-old, who worked as an audiologist, then proceeded to stab herself, only stopping when police hit her nine times with a baton. Whoa. Now That's psychosis, I think. Now, I have smoked a bunch of weed in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Just one I've, bunch. I've had edibles. I did Drinkables. a. Uh, I did a gravity bong <laughs> in a bathtub with the gravity bong made out of one of those uh, big blue five gallon jugs of water, oh, like Culligan, yeah. you know, yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like, I mean, I thought I was gonna pass out, and I had uncontrollable pot laugh for like a half hour. But and you probably had access to knives. But I, yeah, I. Never once did I pick up a knife and try to stab somebody, or a much dog, less or a dog or myself. Now, I, yeah. I'm fine. Look, if if they want to go ahead and say pot-induced psychosis, fine. The question I have is, is if a drunk driver is responsible for their actions of getting into a car and killing somebody, if a person who drinks a beer and then decides to go and shoot up a, a liquor store is responsible for their actions. Is not this lady responsible for her actions? Yeah, she was on pot. Good question. It, 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 she chose to smoke the pot. But it sounds like it might have been laced with something. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? Uh, that's the, toxicology the, will... That's what, that's, that's what you... That's the risk you take when you... I mean, any bottle of liquor, what if it's laced with something? So what? You're still responsible. Right. On Friday, Spiker was convicted of killing her boyfriend, Chad Omelia, then 26, and is awaiting sentencing. However, testimony from an expert witness called by the prosecution, seen exclusively by DailyMail.com, paints a vastly different picture of the perpetrator than the story would initially suggest. Forensic psychiatrist and expert witness, Dr. Chris Mohandi... (laughs) got handy as part of his last name. Uh, Dr. Chris Mahandy told the jury last month that Spiker was a normal girl with no history of mental illness or violence who was committed to doing good in the world. The fateful nights that her brain was completely overtaken by extreme psychosis induced by potent marijuana that had been supplied by her boyfriend, he said. Oh. In testimony from Spiker herself, the healthcare professional said she'd smoked weed only a few times before and had never been high, quote unquote. Now this is in California, right? California. So do they have legalized pot sales that you can they do. so so yeah. we we wonder like did Pretty the close, yeah. did the boyfriend buy it from the state? Or from a local uh, dealer. Right, yeah. Did he get it from a street dealer or did he get it from a, a state sanctioned uh, pot shop? Right, right. Uh, in testimony, uh, no, we already covered that. Her attack was launched because she had, quote, lost touch with reality, unquote, as the cannabis had triggered voices in her head. Voices in her head. 
Okay. <laughs> now, again, I've smoked a lot of marijuana in my time. I, I partied. I played in bands. I, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And never once have I heard voices in my head as a result of marijuana. Mm. I think it was probably, there must have been something else in that. I don't know what other drug would have been in there. This sounds like PCP. Oh. Is what yeah, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, that's I, exactly what it sounds like. But yes. I'm wondering if the boyfriend gave it to to the to the girlfriend to just like freak her out or something like that, and it, her, and it went went the wrong way. We'll find out well, more about what happened here. Mark, did you have some? Yeah, certainly. Not, uh, there's certainly no uh, PCP laced pot that was bought legally. <laughs> we'll find out more about what happened in this story coming up here on Free Talk Live. The telephone number is 603-283-6160 if you would like to join us. More Free Talk Live is coming up. There was some way we could let the listeners <laughs> know, know when we were back. When we were back. <laughs> if there was some sort of rootinous mm, thing yeah. that we could vamp on every time. Some intro we music and we like, just say, Yeah, we could make a back. song and dance out of it yeah, somehow. And we're back. If only there were some way for us to do that. I'll come up with something by next week. <laughs> we'll it, come up with something. It is Free Talk Live. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Steve Classic. And Mark Edge. Uh, you can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 13th through the 16th for the 8th Annual Fork Fest. 8th Annual Fork eighth Fest. 8th Annual. Wow. At Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which has sold out in recent years. ForkFest happens the weekend before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. ForkFest is decentralized, which means there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 13th through the 16th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms and the ForkFest forum. Links to all of those can be found at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there. June 13th through the 16th, ForkFest.Party. Last year was a particularly fun uh, ForkFest for me. Uh, There was a a wedding, Matt and Nikki. Mm -hmm. You were Uh, at Fork uh, and Pork. I was, yes. And I'll I'll be doing the same this year. Mm -hmm. I already got everything, you know, reserved kind of thing, ready to go. Uh, so the, the wedding was, was a big to-do, uh, great time, lots of people, you know, partying afterwards. The reception was killer. Porkfest dot party. Yes. And then uh, on what I call Porkfest Eve, that is the last day of Forkfest, the Sunday yeah. night, uh, I did, uh, I released a three-song EP. And uh, I had exclusive on the USB, USB cards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, branded specifically for Forkfest and Porkfest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we packed a, a military tent with, you know, 30 or so people. I was able to premiere my music videos 
for the three songs that I played along with guitar, so it was a bit of a live performance to go along with the videos kind of a thing. I had a great time. Uh, and if you missed out on that, uh, you can, of course, still get the EP over at CaptainKickass.com. I also have T-shirts and, you know, the normal merch, merch stuff for sale. I have a bundle, actually, that includes uh, the EP on a USB card and download, uh, all three music videos, all the lyrics. There's some bonus features on it as well. Signed? You get a, a T-shirt. Uh, no, I didn't sign them. I could sign them, I yeah. guess. But um, you get a T-shirt, uh, the EP, plus all the bonus features, uh, all the videos, all the lyrics, all that stuff, uh, and two packs of Captain Kickass branded rolling papers, oh. all for forty bucks. <laughs> it's called the Kickass Bundle. You can go to CaptainKickass.com. You can find it there. Do you think you would be liable if they rolled that pot in California <laughs> with your rolling papers? Mm. Mm. Only if they were in a Volkswagen. <laughs> That's bugging me. <laughs> uh, did we say who we are? We came back from the break. Uh, the yeah. yeah, we did all that. Okay. Yeah, we did. We were talking about this article from DailyMail.uk.co.uk. A California woman who stabbed her boyfriend 108 times and killed him. With like, a butter knife. Like, oh, no, with a bread knife. With, with a bread knife. A bread knife. Uh, is a do-gooding, mentally well girl who suffered from weed-induced psychosis. According to psychiatrist testimony, uh, in the testimony from Spiker herself, the healthcare professional said she'd smoked weed only a few times before and had never been high. Her attack was launched because she had lost touch with reality as the cannabis had triggered voices in her head. Dr. Mohandi warned people with no prior history of violence can consume cannabis even during one session, and then proceed to commit acts of physical violence to themselves and to others. This feels like the 80s. I mean, <laughs> yeah, where is, uh, did they show a copy of, uh, did they screen a copy of, uh, what's it called, what's the movie? Crack is Whack? No, it's the 70s oh, movie. Uh, so, oh, Reefer Madness? Reefer Madness, yeah. yeah. Did they screen that in the, in the courtroom <laughs> for, the, for the jury? Did they bust out the, uh, the 1960s propaganda about oh marijuana go crazy uh, make you make you want to have sex with people of the other color. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They did like go look it up. I'm not even lying. It's, yeah, yeah, that stuff it, it, exists. It. Uh, other psychiatrists for the defense said they were 100 percent certain that the attack was caused by weed. 100 <laughs> percent. Wow. Well. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That would be like saying. You know, somebody drank too much tequila and, and you know, got violent. That uh, the attack was caused by tequila. It was helped. Yeah, it was helped. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, maybe not 100%, but maybe 50%. Uh, but, and Mark does have a point. Like, if you're going to hold people like that responsible for their actions, then that should hold true here. Right. Let's find and out. And I'm not suggesting that people who drink alcohol shouldn't be held to, uh, you know, for responsible for their actions. I think they should. Right. I think that, you know, this is, it. you know, it all comes down to, I don't think prisons are very good at solving the problems that we think prisons solve. I, in fact, think that they are bad at it, in fact, make people worse at committing violent crimes, that prisons should be reserved for people who are dangerous to members of society, and that's really it. I don't know whether this girl would stab anybody else. That's somebody else's business to figure out. But um, it sounds like she could. I mean, 
can we keep her away from weed from from here on out? I don't know. 108 times she stabbed the guy, and then she yep. stabbed her dog, and then she stabbed herself. herself. Right. Oh, wait, and then the, that cops, to me the cops batoned her. Uh, yeah, to, to get her to stop. That sounds to me more like something like PCP. Uh, perhaps it sure does. It, yeah. we, it, there's more to this story. Perhaps we'll get to it. Um, Dr. Mohandi, who has seen at least a half dozen cases like this one, so really six, <laughs> six in California, uh, used his position to stand to on the stand to warrant against widespread legalization of the psychoactive drug. It's yet another drug that now people think is safe because it's legal, and now more people are trying it. But it's more potent than it's ever been, and it's problematic," said Dr. Mahandi, who has problematic. testified <laughs> in eighty cases before, including several involving marijuana. So this guy is making money now by testifying in these expert cases. expert witness. It right. costs you know ten grand a day to get right. Money. Exactly. So people say it's just marijuana, and they try it and make it seem like it's insignificant. And how could that possibly happen? Well, that doesn't really fit with my professional experience. Uh, Spiker's behavior is well documented, in my opinion, of psychosis. I'm not disagreeing that there was some psychosis. There obviously is some psychosis going on here. Mm -hmm. uh, we can find out more about this story, but first let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. We have uh, an unscreened caller calling. What's your name, please? You're on the air. Hey, this is Rusty from Portland. Hey, Rusty. What's on your mind? You're on the air. Well, it's good to hear Mark on the show again. Thanks, Rusty. I thought a few people might enjoy that. Yeah, I was wondering, have you considered coming back to the show like one night a week, maybe? Well, um, at this point, uh, we've we've got to figure out how to do that. It's I've certainly considered it, but we've got to figure out how to uh, schedule things and that kind of thing. I'm not going to kick anybody out of their seat. Well, and that and, uh, you know, we have some things coming up that may allow, you know, more of that to happen. So my hope is that we can get Mark on. You know, I don't know if we'll have like any sort of regular cadence, but at least more than, you know, once a year. <laughs> right. Uh, because yeah, with, with, I, I, I'm with you. I with, think he deserves to be on this show. Oh, absolutely. I mean, with with Ian gone, we, we kind of need Mark, to be honest. You're half of the soul of the show. And without you, it's it's missing something. Thank you. Yeah, it's that, right. it's that hair, dude. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I hope at least I got hair, buddy. Oh, that's what I mean, man. Like it's missing the hair, dude. It's a hair do. I got a hair don't, man. <laughs> although, although in in my defense, I can wake up from napping on the couch and look shower. It's true. So. Right. Absolutely. Mine's gonna be smashed to the side. Why do you think I'm wearing a hat? <laughs> I also had a question for Captain Kickass. Okay. Um. So you're saying you were saying, well, you said this several times that you don't vote because you feel like voting is a violation of the non-aggression principle because you're in trying to enforce your preference on others. Correct. Right. Well, what if you ha you know that a certain candidate is highly more likely to cause death or imprisonment to you or others? Like, don't I feel like you should feel morally obligated to it to at least try to prevent that death and imprisonment with a stroke of a pen if you can. Has if there's a candidate less likely to kill you? Has the situation you're describing ever happened? Well, let's say 
the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Like the war on drugs is actively targeting. Like if you are someone who say smokes marijuana in a prohibition state, okay. then one candidate is more likely to throw you in a prison cell for it. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't voting for the other candidate be an act of self-defense? And I believe I have said this, and if if you missed it, uh, it's okay. I, I'm happy to say it again. There is an argument to be made that you can vote in self-defense. I don't subscribe to that because I still think that I'm still, in the end, I'm still forcing my opinion on somebody else or my preference on somebody else, or they're forcing their preference on me. Either way, force is involved, and so I choose not to participate in that particular act. But the non-aggression principle says that you are allowed to use force if force has been initiated upon you. In self-defense, yes. So that's why I maintain that that argument is a valid argument. However, I choose not to participate because I still feel like I'm violating the uh, I'm I'm using force upon other people. I would rather other people come around to the ideas of liberty uh, and freedom of their own voluntary volition than use force on people to okay, do so. Okay, so what if they do come around to the ideas of liberty of their own volition? It's not going to matter because if they agree with you, they're not going to vote. <laughs> Well, no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. There are plenty of people who listen to me on this show and on Beard Talk Live and who know me in person, who have listened to me, uh, who go, yeah, you know what? I agree with you, but I'm still voting. Okay. So, like, it's a personal choice, really, the the way I look at it. I kind of look at voting in the same way I look at abortion, right? Um, I don't, for a minute, pretend that I know what's best for another individual. Uh, whether or not another individual or a couple that I know wants to have an abortion or, or doesn't or they have an argument about it, like I'm not getting in that because, well, it's none of my business. It's their business. It's their personal choice. It's their – they have to live with their decision, right? Uh, it's none of my business. Now, I feel the same way about voting. This is my personal preference. Uh, I've stated my reasons why it is that way. Uh, however, that doesn't mean that I don't support people who – uh, are trying to forward freedom, liberty, uh, who are trying to get rid of this behemoth evil known as the state, that its only, its only thing that it uses ever is violence and coercion. That's it. That's the only tool it has in its bag. It doesn't have a variety of tools. It doesn't try and use uh, reason and logic to get its way. The only thing it ever does is forces people one way or the other depending on the issue. And so I still support people who are trying to do that. That's one of the reasons I support things like the Free State Project, the larger freedom migration that's occurring here in New Hampshire. It's not just the Free State Project that is attracting people here. It's the fact that New Hampshire has some of the fewest laws on the books of any state in the United States. Uh, For example, uh, there's no seatbelt law here unless you're, I think, 16 or under. Uh, there's no helmet law. I see all the time people driving across from Massachusetts or Vermont or Maine coming across the border. As soon as they get across the border, they take their helmets off and continue <laughs> their ride because they know they can. They come here specifically for that. So um, it's not that I don't support other people trying to forward liberty. It's just that my personal preference, I need to feel good about my choices in my life. And if I vote, I know that I'm forcing 
my opinion on somebody else or somebody else's opinion is getting forced upon me. And so I choose not to participate in that particular act. What about how shouldn't you feel bad about, okay, if you if you have knowledge that you not voting is literally going to cause more pain and give me an example of that ever happening. Okay, let's say, okay, let's pretend a hypothetical situation. Ron Paul. That's not what I asked. Primary. I asked for uh, an actual example, not a hypothetical. Well, I can't one. pull an actual example okay. out of my butt right now. So, to, but, to your knowledge, then it has never well, happened. What if what if the next governor's racing in New Hampshire says, "If I'm elected, we're going to secede." Is that right. a reason to vote for that governor? I will make that day one. We will put that forward. Let the word go forth from this time and place. I cannot answer that at this time. Okay. You're not legally required to answer it. I'll I'll say this much. (laughs) Captain, I do not agree with your assessment that in any way that voting is a violation of the non-aggression principle, in so much as if you vote for the most libertarian candidate that's on the ballot. Now, I will say it is a violation of the non-aggression principle if you choose willingly to get the uh, the most aggressive candidate, the one that wants the biggest government. But I will also say in your own defense, the likelihood that your vote will make a difference is near nil. Right. That if Ron Paul is running for president, let's uh, say he's the youthful Ron Paul, uh, you know, Rand Paul, whatever, I don't care, um, is running for president and you choose to vote or not vote for him, that that will simply not make a difference with New Hampshire's four electoral votes, if that hasn't changed, and that, you know, that those four electoral votes will likely not make a difference either, and that ultimately it just doesn't make a difference, that the instance, that the, the vast majority of people who vote even every single election cannot point to an election where their vote, in fact, made a difference. And it's the reason I choose generally not to vote. And I would go so much farther as to say is if you want to make a difference as to who gets uh, into office, you need to do different things. You need to work the polls. You need to donate to campaigns. You need to do any variety of things Mm. to get those people elected. That a vote itself is inconsequential. And I'll prove it. I'll prove it real quick. Think about any presidential election, any time in history. You can pick any of them. And you can move yourself around the map. You can put yourself in any state. Name to me the election where one vote has separated a president from winning or losing. Now, there was a really close one in Florida, and I didn't, I, as to my knowledge, uh, yeah, I was disallowed legally from voting in that particular election. But, you know, that was still by more than 100 votes. I mean, I disagree with the premise of voting as a valid decision-making process for communities of people. What if yeah, they uh, voluntarily choose to do that? So, well, you know, so somebody buys a piece of land the thing. When, and says, okay, let's do it. Okay, and they, do, do what? Let's vote to solve our problems. Well, then I'm no longer part of that community because I, I would vote for, no, let's not use voting as a mechanism to solve our problems. <laughs> um, so here's the thing that uh, maybe I haven't said, and, and I'll say it here now. Uh, there's this phrase that uh, constantly goes around in my head which is uh, be the change you want to see in the world. Oh, I thought it was who will pave the roads. No, 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 it's not it. Uh, It's also uh, not, uh, you know, beautiful, large-breasted women don't just fall out of the sky naked every day, you know. 
It's also not that. That's not uh, true. Be the change you want to see in the world. So mm. I want to see a world where the state does not exist, where there is no voting for anybody in any political office. There is no organization of violence and coercion and force. There is no extortion of your life's effort by these organizations. And so I am only acting in that way. I want a world in which these things do not exist. Therefore, I do not play the game of those organizations. Would you vote for someone who said that? <laughs> what if you uh, were running for no. governor, Captain? Obviously no. <laughs> Many people have uh, people have said, I will throw money at you to run for office, and I have told them no. You can just throw money at me. Uh, I okay. told them, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> if you want, if you want to just throw, <laughs> throw money, money that's yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm not gonna run. Make it, make it some cryptocurrency yeah. or some goldbacks or something like that. Uh, don't throw USD at me. <laughs> but um, that to me hits me very personally. I, I am trying to be the change. I'm a roll of quarters sure would. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that probably knock me out really. Uh, <laughs> very personally. Try, try not to try not to throw those. So I am trying to at least uh, act as if the world has already changed into that. Right. So people shouldn't have to worry about watching the television and listening to debates and reading through who supports what issue and what issue they don't and watching them flip flop on live television on their stances of things. People should not have to participate in any of this BS, this crap, this pageantry that the state puts on. It just shouldn't exist at all. People shouldn't have to worry about it at all. It should not exist. And so. One of the methods that could very well work to end the state is everybody stop participating. Right. Well, if your if your method includes the word everybody, right. then yeah. your method isn't going to work. Right. So and that's why I say, you know, you got to find so, a solution. That well, actually, I think maybe the next presidential election, so there, there might not be any voting. So your wish may come true. So again, uh, well, people will vote. No, they're, they're just they'll just suspend the election. No one will vote. There is no election this year. Uh, for that, that is, How about that? I would love to see that, right? I think that once people, uh, as a uh, a species, as a people, get over the hallucination of authority, that the state can and will be just sort of ignored out of existence, the same way yeah. overt slavery was. Right? Okay, there was some legislation that kind of like you know helped that along a little bit, but this was a social change. A change in the belief system of people writ large. Right, people have to outgrow government. Right, they yeah, have to realize that it joke. is Just, it is an antique, barbaric, uh, certainly unfair, certainly a violent uh, thing that exists. It's like a legal religion. Yeah, and so it needs to go away. And I prefer to live my life uh, not participating in anything they put forth. Period. All right, well, thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hey, no problem. Did you have anything else to say, Rusty? No, that's it. Y'all have a good night. Hey, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate you. Uh, let's see. Do we have time for one more? Yeah. Maybe we can get uh, uh unscreened caller. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. What's your name? My name is Yu-Gi-Oh. Hey, Yu-Gi-Oh. You are live on the air. What's on your mind? Hey, man. Uh, I was just hearing the conversation earlier, bro, and, like, I, I don't know. I, my, my personal opinion is, well, what would you do if, you know, you knocked up a broad and you, his broad was, like, having health problems? And he was like, yeah, man, like, I'm going to, you know, have this abortion, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, would you, like, be for that, man? Or, like, would you? what would you tell this woman? Would you smack a bitch up or something? Oh. Uh, I, uh, 
it, that I would have to cross that bridge when I came to it uh, because I have not been in that situation. It's something I would have to give a lot of thought, and hopefully uh, we could communicate and make a decision uh, together because it takes two people to you know birth a child, to conceive, if you will. And so hopefully uh, if I were to have impregnated somebody uh, you know, we could communicate and work through it together. Uh, however, that being said, that decision seems to be primarily made by the females uh, in this day and age. So uh, if she were like, hey, I'm just going to go do this, I'd be like, well, okay, I guess. Uh, well, men can have babies now. I, I guess that's how you it's going to be. So, <laughs> so. You, you believe well, in the constitutionality? Like, it's not It's not uh, kind of concepted human being. Like it's, it's, it's the, with the 14th Amendment? Um, you no, know, I, I think that in this particular um, what are, subject matter that uh, I am in agreement with something Peakless Mountaineer likes to say, and that is uh, first breath, right? I believe that that's when, you know, life consciousness uh, is, is officially begun. Um, you know, there are some sticky I have the worst that. opinion on abortion of anyone you know. I believe that life begins at conception, and I believe that if somebody wants to kill their baby, they should. Wow. In fact, we should subsidize them. <laughs> because if you're willing to kill your baby for a few bucks, you don't deserve one. Hey, we are out of time. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Yugi, for the call. Oh, thank you. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, find us over at freetalklive.com where the archives are. Thanks and peace. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Ward. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com